Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This episode of the Stardom Cast is sponsored by Puro TV, your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favorite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom Cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardomcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wondering Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt, I'm going to give you the same greeting you greeted me with this morning. Happy Meltier Day, my friend. Absolutely, my friend. It's an exciting day. As we're recording this, it is April the 19th. The Meltier album just dropped today. And uh, lots of people, including me, are super excited. I know you're super excited. I did text a picture of a uh, of the Meltier's <laughs> CD set uh, with a lithograph that is uh, somewhere in Japan. And I, I know my wife will be out and about shopping today and tomorrow. And I sent her the picture. I said, if by chance you see this anywhere, because it's going to be <laughs> everywhere, can you please pick this up? And her response was a thumbs down and then a pukey face. So I'm not sure what that means, uh, but regardless... <laughs> regardless uh i I just saw tam tweeted out about 10 minutes before we recorded it's number 14 in japan on like the spotify or the apple tunes chart so off to a good start is that tam not to point not only that rob here's something else i want to put out 
brilliant marketing on Meltier and Stardom's, Stardom's half here. They basically marveled at this CD. What I mean by that is anytime there's a major Marvel movie, which let's face it, Marvel has been dominating the box office for the better part of 10, 12 years. What they'll do is the movie, as you know, will come out on the weekend. Wednesday is new comic book day. Marvel always puts out a comic book of that movie out that, that Wednesday, like to basically drum up some interest in the comic book. For example, when the Infinity War Endgame movies came out, they would have like a really like big Avengers issue, or they would republish some of the Jim Starlin um, uh, Thanos stuff, like Thanos Quest and Infinity War, right? You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, this way, so this way, it's just like if you saw the movie, be like, well, I want to learn more about that. Let me go to my local comic shop. Oh, that just came out. So what Mel Tier did... They basically, uh, so, okay, again, album comes out 419. Rob, do you know when my birthday is? Oh. It's okay, you can say no. no. I won't be mad. I genuinely <laughs> feel like this is a trap, and I feel like I should know it. Let's, no. um, it's, it's, it's June. No, it's oh. 519. So oh. this album, this album comes out one month prior to my birthday. Do they have that in mind when they release the CD? I'm going to say in my own mind. Absolutely. Now, you, <laughs> point number two I want to make is again, I just made the you know the comparison to Stardom and Marvel. Look at that. Look at that cross brand. Um, so now, does Stardom by chance have a big show coming up this weekend? You better believe it does. <laughs> See that they released that there. So in Tam and not support, obviously in big matches, which we'll be previewing at the end of the show. Uh, title matches too. So genius on that heart, that part, and then. The third point I want to make on this fantastic timing of the releasing of this CD is, is there anything big that happened last week in like in your world? Any birthdays, you know, <laughs> that happened last week in your world that maybe they're just going to sandwich this all together. You know, is there anything in, in that half? You know, any anybody that, you know, have a birthday last week, buddy? Um, there's, there's this one guy who does this. He does this Joshi podcast. Uh, he's the the. The lesser looking of the duo, but I believe it was his birthday last week. Yes. Not only that, but it was also a famous author uh, birthday last week. But he uh, he did a book called Living the Dream, <laughs> Stardom's 10th Anniversary in Review. That's you, buddy, Rob Goodwin. That is but, me. Uh, <laughs> very good. It is you. You're on the ball today, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm just with it. I'm just raring to go. In the back of my mind, like, I love you know obviously the uh the banter as you put it before we uh before we started but at the back of my mind i'm like this podcast's gonna be four hours <laughs> <laughs> we, we have got so much to get done yeah. um but yeah i mean it apparently the meltier album is out um in america on spotify and on apple music um, it's definitely out on Apple Music. Whether it is out on Spotify, I don't know. I have checked in the UK, and it's not out on our Spotify. But uh, according to the Joshi Pod on Twitter, uh, really nice guy, by the way, um, it is out in America. So if you fancy some very auto-tuned, you know, power pop ballads, um, then head on over to Apple Music and find Tears Fall. I didn't realize, actually, Matt, that it, the album is only three tracks long. I realized that this morning. I was at the gym this morning, and I, in between sets, I went on Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's right. It is out today. I was like, I wonder, because I have, I get that, I pay 9 or $10 a month, and I get that unlimited, um, you know, I can pretty much just stream whatever I want. I was like, I wonder if I get it. And I typed in Meltier. I hit the search button. 
And I had kept my fingers crossed, and there it was. Yeah, only three songs. So you have obviously the Double Frontiers, which is, you know, we've heard before, and then their new, uh, what I call their spring theme. Um, and then uh, a third song, so you can pretty much get through it. You can get through it pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's very 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 short. I think they've there is a deluxe edition, I believe, um, which rather cheekily is just the same three songs, just the instrumental versions. So uh, Genius. yeah, Genius. <laughs> absolutely, what marketing? But yes, uh, if anybody uh, fancies giving that a listen and telling us what it's like, please do. Um, maybe, we did talk about this, Matt, maybe we'll do a reaction to it for our Patreon followers, just because like, I can't think of anything worse than listening to this. What? And uh, honestly... Oh my goodness, how dare you, sir? Let's get to the show. I'm getting <laughs> mad now. Now you gotta eat. I'm how getting, dare you, hot. sir? Getting hot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as uh, as I've said, this podcast is probably going to still be going when uh, all-star dream queen dem actually starts on sunday because we have got so much we need to get through um obviously as matt has already alluded to it's the 19th of april today we're going to be running through what is going to be happening on our new revamped patreon uh star stardom cast extra from the first of may and we're going to be breaking it down into exactly what we are going to be covering in all those different tiers and all the new things you can expect from next month onwards. We, of course, are going to be talking some news, mainly surrounding Mercedes Monet and that contract that we started talking about last week um, and how that affects that dream match on April 23rd. We're going to be talking about a couple of the shows that we missed last week. Um, we're going to be running through the results of the Corrigan Hall show from the 14th um, because as of today, um, four of the matches went up on Stardom World. So all the way through to Konami versus Wakasukiyama. So we're still missing the towel match and we're still missing ALK versus My Himi. So what we'll do is we will... Um, We'll run through the results of the Corrigan Hall show um, and then we'll go through it in a little bit more detail next week um, when we do our All-Star Dream Queendom review because, you know, we need more stuff to put on that show. Um, we've also got the shows from the 8th and the 9th, like I mentioned before. We have our full review of the final night, the finals of what can only be described as perhaps the most unpredictable Cinderella tournament in the history of stardom. Um, that happened on Saturday, the 15th of April. And then, of course, our preview of what is being billed as Stardom's biggest show in their history, All-Star Dream Queendom 2023 from Sunday, the 23rd in Yokohama Arena in Yokohama. Full card that we're going to preview. We're going to look at some of the backstories, some of the things that go along with the feuds, um, our predictions, obviously, um, and then, of course, we will be giving you our full review this same time next week. Um, but before all that, before all that, Matt, what is coming up on Patreon this week? All right, let me get a sip of water here because this week we're going to go through quite a bit here. All right, so this past week, Rob and I did the alternate commentary of Kyrie uh, Hojo. Well, she was known at that time. 
And Yoko Bido, uh defending the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Championship against uh, Matsumoto and Jungle Kiona. Well, I thought was an absolutely fantastic match. So that is already up on the Patreon feeds for our Red Belt tier members. And then coming up this Monday, Rob and I will be watching from the 16th of June, uh, 2016, Kyrie versus Yoko Bido. So uh, last week we watched them as a team. And then this week coming up, uh, dropping early next week, we will watch them compete against each other. Also, by the end of the month, you will be getting Kyrie's complete World of Stardom review. And as a bonus, because we were over 50 Patreon members, uh, and the homework on this is complete there, Mr. Rob. So I'm probably actually going to be recording this in a day or two. Um, You're going to be getting the entire Sherry World of Stardom run. And oh boy, howdy, did I write a lot of notes on all 12 of those matches. I think my <laughs> hand sounded like a cement mixer. So and I'm so excited to go to go back through all that. And that's only going to cost you, if you're not a Patreon member or thinking about joining, again, that's a bonus episode as a thank you for uh, us getting to 50 as fast as we did on the Patreon. It's a dollar. A dollar, you get to hear me review all 12 matches of Sherry's historic World of Stardom championship run. So that is what we have coming up. In the next few weeks on the Patreon, we're going to go through what we're going to be doing in uh, the month of May as we revamped, upgraded, and updated the Patreon. And again, partner, uh, we talked about this a little bit before off air. If there's something I'm missing or something you want to add, by all means, cut me off, tag yourself in, hit a dive, get the high spot in. You know, we'll do the Tower of Doom spot. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll tackle this one together. So, Again, this is so I'm going to go through each tier. So the new blood tier, that's the dollar tier. All that is, is just uh, early access to the episodes and ad free. So that's basically what that is. So the uh, $3 tier, the high speed tier. Now, Rob has mentioned this before um, when we were talking about the uh, the new uh, Patreon is, you know, we always say he said, you know, you're, nothing's really changing. If anything, you're adding things. So if you if you're a part of the $3 tier, uh, which is wipeout now will be the high speed. You're still going to get those alternate, uh, those two bonus episodes. Not only that, but you're also going to be getting the uh, audio, the audio only of our alternate commentary. So if you ever want a preview of just what that is, of just you're not going to get the video, the videos for the next tier, which we'll get into. So, but you're still going to get, you're going to get bonus. So you're going to get actually four bonus episodes if you just remain just at the three dollar tier. Again, it's just the audio only. So what that's going to be is, uh, and again. It's, I'm going to stay what I've been doing. What I've been doing for the $3 tier is I put up on, on my uh, my Twitter a poll of four things you can vote on. The top two is what I get picked. One I release in the middle of the month. The other we release uh, at the end of the month. And you can vote either on uh, my Twitter. If you want to, you can DM me. You can DM Rob. You can email me. You want to put on the Patreon. You want to. If you have my If you have my physical phone number, you can text me. If you know where I live, you can come up to me and buy me a drink and uh, say, I want to vote for this. However you want to vote, I will count it. So Rob, here is, here's what we have now. This is, and I'm probably, this is obviously going to drop on uh, Friday. So I'm probably going to put this up Friday or Saturday on my Twitter. And I'll also retweet it from the Sardomcast Twitter as well. So here are your four options. Again, the top two get picked and you don't have to be a Patreon member to vote. If you want to have a vote and it's something that you want to see, then you can jump on the Patreon. So here are the four options. Option number one will be My Himmy Poise Complete Artist Stardom Run, uh, Artist of Stardom, excuse me, Championship Run. Option number two will be I will review every single one of Hazuki's attempts at the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And there's some gems in there between Momo Watanabe, obviously the recent one with Sayakamatani. I believe there's a Kyrie in there as well. So if that one wins, I will go through every single one of Hazuki's uh, 
Wonder of Sergeant White Belt attempts. Option number three will be Sayakamatani's complete 2021 Cinderella uh, run, Cinderella tournament run. And option number four, just because I'm giving myself excuse to watch more Suzu Suzuki matches, even though she didn't win last year's five-star, I will go through every single one of her matches in her fantastic five-star run from last year. So uh, those are your four options. Again, that'll probably be up on Twitter either uh, sometime on Friday or Saturday. You have about seven days to vote. And again, if you do not want to vote via Twitter, send me an email to stardomcast22 at gmail.com, or you can always you know DM Rob as well. I count every single vote. Now, as far as what we're doing for the alternate commentary, um, there is going to be really f- – well, actually, you know, we say four matches, but really five because we're going to do the four stardom matches, and then we, uh, we decided we're going to do – something a little we're gonna add a little bonus one month uh we'll do an all japan match one month we'll do a uh, all japan women's match you know what really the sky's the limit so um those five matches will be as follows so rob what is your two picks for alternate commentary for the month of may so i chose the 2018 red belt match between kagetsu and maiwa watani just any reason really to uh to watch more of kagetsu during that run and then uh, Maiwa Watani versus Momo Watanabe from 2019. Well, there you go, sir. And then what, it, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, and then my two matches, I figured if we're going to start this new Patreon off thing, let's start it off with how, what I like most in wrestling, and that's violence. So we're going to go to starting the highest 2013 Yuzuki Ayakawa versus Mako Satomaru. And we are going to go to, I didn't even realize this until I'm about to say it. This, the month of May may be an unofficial Hazuki podcast um, <laughs> because we are going to be going to Hazuki challenging Arisha Hoshinki for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Both two very, very hard-hitting matches. So those will be um, what will be up on the, uh, what you will get if you're a white belt tier member and a red belt tier member. And also, I'm, I'm sorry, the $3 tier, the high speed, I got to get used to saying that. And the new $5 tier, which is your IWGP uh, tier. Also in the $5 tier, the All Japan match we're going to be doing is going to be, uh, what one we're going to be doing there, Mr. Rob? We are going to be doing, uh, because obviously Matt is a tag team specialist and because I've recently watched this match and just have a completely new appreciation for just how good it is, uh, we're going to watch the 1992 All-Asia Tag Championship match between the champions, the Can-Am Express versus uh, the Super Generation Army team of Kenta Kabashi and Tsuyoshi Kikuchi. So there you go, folks. So that's everything you get that offer for uh, $5. That will be the new IWGP tier. For the white belt tier, which is our $10 tier, you get everything that we just uh, mentioned. And then you're also going to be getting a roundtable discussion and a monthly what-if fantasy booking. Rob, can you tell our listeners what our, uh, for the month of May, what our what-if fantasy booking will be? You did mention that May seems to be an unofficial Hazuki month, <laughs> even though I believe Hazuki literally translates as August. So, you know, we're doing really well there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a what if Hazuki won the white belt. So we're going to be looking at that fantastic match that Matt mentioned that she had with Saya Kamatani. And we are going to be booking as though Hazuki won the white belt who would she take on how long would she hold the belt who would 
pardon me, she lose it too, and all of that good stuff. Maybe creating some little stories in there as well. And we'd love to hear your fantasy bookings as well. So if you're a Discord um, user, for example, we have got a fantasy booking channel just on that. I'd love to be able to read those as well. Also, too, you're going to be getting some Patreon-exclusive merchandise. We just got another new logo uh, that I sent to Rob literally as soon as I texted to him. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's almost midnight. I'm like, I feel terrible. And he responded within, like, two seconds. And I was like, oh, he's up. And he really enjoys what the new logo is. Obviously, I did not put that up on uh, Twitter or anything. We will uh, we'll wait a little bit. We'll build the anticipation. Obviously, we put the Freedom one up just for uh, just a weekend. That'll be part of the exclusive merchandise as well. And then I'm working on uh, getting a fantastic Haley Stokes. I'm um, having her do some more stuff in the upcoming months. So yeah, so you're going to be getting some Patreon exclusive merch and our roundtable discussion in the month of May. Again, we're kicking this one off uh, with the bang. We're going to be comparing and contrasting and having a discussion of who had the better World of Stardom Championship run. Was it Utami Hayashista or was it Sherry? And considering the fact that I just finished watching all twelve of those Sherry matches, and I did the uh, the Utami uh, Red Belt run uh, back in the uh, last summer. So I'm excited to go through that, and uh, we are going to have a special guest for that. So not only is it just me, not only is it the author of uh, Living the Dream, starting the 10th anniversary in review, Rob Goodwin. Look at that, double plug already. Oh. Um, we will also be having quite possibly maybe the only person that likes stardom as much as us, maybe even a little bit better, question mark, uh, Scotty, Scotty Wrestling. So a uh, friend of the show, all around great guy. Scott does a great job covering a lot of different wrestling promotions, but he really hits it out of the park when it comes to Joshi. So Scott, when I you know asked him about it, he was absolutely whatever day and time you need me for, and I was going to rib him to tell him we need him like at 4 a.m. on a Monday morning, but uh, <laughs> I, I did not do that. He, he would do so it. Excited. He'd do yeah. it yeah. as well. <laughs> He'd probably be up watching, watching wrestling <laughs> anyhow. So uh, that's, that's what we'll be doing there. And then, of course, the new Red Belt tier, the $25 tier. You get everything that we just mentioned – also, um, what we're going to be doing is whoever the very first uh, Red Belt tier member is on the $25 tier, you get to not only pick what roundtable discussion you want us to do, but you get to join that discussion as well. Now, it has to be something that's, like, appropriate. Like, it can't be like, I want to discuss what Rossi Ogawa's favorite hat is. As fun as that would be, I don't think it would make for good radio. I don't know. However, I, 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 I fancy me and Rob as two very entertaining guests. Maybe we'll do that as a bonus. I don't know. I just <laughs> I just booked myself into a shoot on that one. But uh, yeah, not only that, and then again, you know, we talked about it before. For every six months that you're a member of the $25 tier, my daughter will draw any starting wrestler you want. You can do either one of the big, of uh, one giant one or the tag team. And I have put some examples on Twitter. And if you have, if you want to see the, those examples, you let me know. Um, I just recently posted uh, Rob's birthday present where he, uh, Lily drew him 2019 Hana Kimura when she won the Cinderella tournament for Christmas. She drew me Meltier and Aphrodite. So if you want two, you can get two or you can get one big one. That's completely up to you. So that is everything. That was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> that was that's everything that we have going on for the rest of the month of April and everything we have coming up in May. And I know we are super, super excited. And the buzz that we've been getting from our uh, current Patreon members about the new tiers really, really excites us. And uh, because we decided we couldn't be busy enough, let's add more stuff <laughs> to this podcast. Hey, man, you're going to grow or you're going to grow. So, uh, yeah, that's everything I have coming up, buddy. But like I said, I'm, I'm really, really excited for the month of May. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 
we're trying to cover all bases with everything we're doing. If you if there's something you think would go really well in our Patreon or something you'd like us to do, then please, by all means, get in touch. Um, if that was a lot for you to listen to, which I completely understand, um, the Patreon release schedule is pinned to the top of our Twitter feed with a sort of breakdown of how each month will look and sort of where everything fits in. Of course, there'll be quarterly Q&As. We're bringing those back, um, but that'll obviously be once every three months. Um, and then we're going to have a quarterly red belt roundtable with a Patreon guest. And that, again, is going to be um, hopefully every quarter. So, again, every three months. But, again, check that out. Check our Patreon out. It's all going to be redone. Again, that having seen the new logo that we're going to be using for all the Patreon merchandise, it does look incredible. So uh, very, very, very excited. And I've just uh, finished doing the Stardom cast print. Um, so now that obviously I've got that final logo, I can add that to our print so that you can see that for yourselves when you sign up. But again, 1st of May, uh, make sure to, in the words of my Wiwitanian stars, check it out. Um, however, let's talk a little bit of news um and there was some there was some interesting uh sort of what's the word i'm looking for some interested hype around mercedes monet now um i said in our sort of look back uh last week when we look back at sakura genesis and obviously mercedes monet's great match with azumi and uh Hizuki, which dave Meltzer has given four stars to um i Everyone seems to think at the moment that it's a slam dunk that Mayu Iwatani wins. And, you know, up until maybe the 14th of April, it seemed that this was Mercedes Monet's last date in Japan. However, recent results or uh, recent news seems to have put a little bit of a spanner in the works. And obviously, you know, it's wrestling media, so things can change at the drop of a hat. Um, Get out of here! Oh, you tell me wrestling me. You tell me wrestling media isn't a hundred percent true. Wow, <laughs> I learned I learned so much on this podcast. <laughs> um, well, nowhere was this more obvious than uh, Cultaholic Wrestling, um, who tweeted out the headline: Mercedes Monet possibly leaving Japan. Um, and then released Mercedes Monet in talks with New Japan Stardom over contract extension. So, again, it could be one or the other. It doesn't seem to matter. Both of their reports, of course, have come from Dave Meltzer. They haven't just made this up. Cultaholic or a verifiable source. Um, but according to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio, he has said she as in Mercedes Monet, is in talks for one more date after Grand Queendom. Um, I don't know what that date would be. I don't know if it would be Dominion or what exactly. So that's where her situation is right now. Now, if you put that together with her Instagram posts, which she's done over the last couple of days, and again, it's social media. So again, take it with a pinch of salt. But she seems to be very, very happy in Japan. She's taking Japanese classes. She posted a picture with a caption, you know, maybe I should just move to Japan full time. Again, you take it with a pinch of salt, but it seems that she has rediscovered her love for wrestling. And if we do get some more matches with Mercedes Monet, whether it's just that one date, which 
it is a New Japan contract, so I assume it would be a Dominion, with it being the biggest show bar Wrestle Kingdom. Um, then, you know, we're only going to benefit. It seems that, basically, coming back round to my original point, it doesn't seem that All-Star Grand Queendom on the 23rd of April, this Sunday, which I can't believe, um, will definitely be Mercedes Monet's last match, as is previously thought. Now, obviously, we're going to give our preview to who we think is going to take the IWGP title out of Yokohama but two things Matt one does that throw a spanner into the works in terms of who walks out as the winner as I mentioned and secondly where do you sit on Mercedes Monet do you think she's staying for more dates um she's teased that she's going to be a part of Forbidden Door um in June what do you see well, as far as the predictions of the show, and obviously judging by our phenomenal way we predicted the Cinderella tournament, uh, which we'll get into <laughs> that in a little bit. In fairness, like, that was not yeah. just us. That was everyone that watches the damn company well, not, that got that wrong. Not, not only that, but like uh, last week, and again, we'll get into it more, but last week, me and you both predicted that the finals was going to be May Sakurai and Amisori. I'm sorry, Waki and um, Waka and Amisori. And I'm like, uh, we jokingly said it's going to be the other way around. And then I woke up because I didn't watch the, the full whole show in full. And I was like, wow, we were both wrong on that. Like, we didn't get one thing right. But anywho, um, there's so many matches on this card. I don't know which way it's going to go. I thought that Mayu would get the win here. But I thought Mercedes would, okay, her contract's up. Maybe she'll go back to the States, maybe do an AEW show, uh, maybe do like, you know, a Comic-Con or something like that, and then come back to Japan. Because I just it just seems like she's having the time of her life and she can be herself and she has creative freedom to do whatever she wants in Japan. But yeah, um, like you said, I think she is going to extend one more date on the new Japan contract to lead her to Dominion. And then from what I understand, again, this is just kind of what I was told from a few different people. I get, I, again, I don't know if it's truth or not, so I'm not going to you know, release any names, is that she's going to sign like a four-date uh, tour or tour extension or whatever with basically stardom and strictly stardom. And she wants to do strictly stardom uh, dates. Now, her and Julia got into a bit of a spat yesterday where uh, they start challenging each other for double titles. And I was like, don't you two realize you have two championship matches coming up in like three <laughs> three four days that, that those are two matches that can go either way as well so they've already put it out there and like the twitter verse just explode exploded thinking that sometime in the summer we're going to get iwgp women's versus red belt title over title julia versus mercedes monet i think that is going to be her next big match whether it's title for title i don't know but they don't need any championships for that to be a big match. I think it would just be the icing on the cake. Um, do I think that she's going to stay based, you know, based on what she's tweeting? We've seen her training in the Stardom Dojo. We've seen her training in the Sendai Girls Dojo. We've seen her training in the TJPW Dojo. And just about two hours ago, she tweeted she was training in the Noah Dojo. So um, she's definitely, for somebody that's a, you know, a very po polished wrestler and accomplished star, she's putting the work in. And you know me, how much I talk on this podcast and even in my, my private life putting the work in is something that's so much important that if you're not improving on your craft or just anything if you're not improving that day you lost that day and you've now gone worse so she's literally training with the best of the best of the best but to me it's just kind of funny when like you see her training in all these dojos 
she's even uh, when she was back in the States a couple, uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was training at some uh, schools over like in Boston, like unannounced. It was like, just walked in like, Hey, you know, let me train here. Let me like, just so she's helping, she's giving back to helping the younger wrestlers. But it's so funny how, like Mercedes as a person, it's you just see these posts and you see what she's she just posted a picture of her in Jungle Kiona. She's so nice to everybody. But then when it comes to stardom, she's slapping Mayu every chance she gets. <laughs> and who's more lovable than Mayu? She's like a human care bear. So it's just so funny. How, like she's so lovable to everybody. When it, but when it comes to stardom, she's like, absolutely not. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna turn it up to a hundred. So to me, I kind of just giggle. Like then she goes into the, the character, the heel mode. So I'm like, ah, you know, good on her. I don't think she's coming back to uh, WWE anytime soon. I can see her doing an AEW, you know, maybe some random indie, you know, here or there. I think you'll see her popping up in comic book conventions. Uh, but I think you're going to see her at least wrestle um, after this weekend, at least five more dates uh, in Japan. Um, whether it be new for New Japan stardom, I would not be shocked to see her do a, a TJPW date. She's, you know, talked about how she wanted to wrestle Miyu Yamashita quite a bit. So maybe she's just waiting for her contract to run out with Bushi Road so she can do like one or two matches elsewhere and then come back. So, but yeah, there's a lot there. Obviously, we have the Mayu match coming up, and, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh man, her and Julia have heat. Like, as much as I want to see that match, let's get to the dream match first. I literally wrote an article about it. Let's get to the dream match first. By the way, I apologize, Rob. I uh, I literally, uh, I was off last week for Easter break. I was off five days in a row and I wrote three articles and I sent it to Rob and I'm like, sorry, buddy, here they all are. You know, when you get them up, get them up. And then not only that, but uh, Rob was also tasked with another thing, which we uh, we won't spoil, but uh, we have something else really big on the uh, on the docket, you know, if it comes through. So uh yeah, I know that I'm super busy. And I look at everything that you have, and I'm like, oh, man, this poor guy. <laughs> this poor guy. We're busy, man. Again, who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? <laughs> um, I mean, it's an interesting one with Mercedes Monet. I don't think she'll ever go back to WWE. If I'm perfectly honest, she's got too many irons in too many fires. Obviously, she's got the Mandalorian stuff. Um, I know that she wants to write music, and I feel the deal that she's on at the moment very much allows her to do that. She's achieved everything she can possibly achieve in um, in WWE. She's been Raw Women's Champion. She's been SmackDown Women's Champion. She's been Tag Champion. She's won... Uh, oh, sorry. She's been in the WrestleMania main event. Aside from winning a Royal Rumble, what else really is there for Sasha Banks as so she will be there? What else is there to do there? And obviously, there's a lot of discontent at the moment, again, in the company with this UFC merger. So if she's going anywhere, it will be AEW, unless she throws a complete curveball. And uh, they do establish this GHD women's division in Noah, and she becomes the first champion of that or something. Um, but I, there's no pressure on her, to be perfectly honest. I'd be, I would be surprised if Grand Queendom is a final date. Very, very surprised. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about... Uh, about where we think this leaves the IWGP scene and, of course, um, Forbidden Door as well. We'll talk about that a little bit I didn't later. Know. I didn't know she wanted to make music, so you know where my head went automatically, right, buddy? If you dare, if you <laughs> dare bring up a collaboration with Bloody Maltier. <laughs> well, I think I think you know where I'm going, so let's, uh, let's move on to the next segment, sir. <laughs> Um, so obviously we've said that we've got a lot 
to talk about in terms of show reviews. We're already over half an hour into the podcast. Um, we've got shows from the 8th, the 9th, and the 14th. So what we're going to do is we're going to sort of talk about the shows from the 8th and the 9th in generalities. So talk about is there anything we want to talk about in particular rather than going through match by match. Um, and then the 14th, we can't talk about because it literally wasn't up on Stardom World until this morning and me and Matt both work full time so couldn't watch it in time. We'll still go through the results and as I mentioned before, we'll then, uh, we'll then go through uh, it in a little bit more detail next week. But first, so we had Stardom in Almori from the 8th of April 2020. 23 from <clears throat> the Kakahiro Group Athletic Stadium Maeda Arena Sub Arena. Yay! <laughs> Good grief. Jesus wept. Um, and that's in front of 767 people. Um, Matt, this card was a solid card, definitely. There was a couple of standout matches, one in particular for me. Um, but what about you? What did you think about this card as a whole? I thought everything was solid. I like how the rookies are mixing it up, and we'll talk about it excuse me, on the show at the ninth, where they're, they're mixing it up with the more experienced veterans and uh, just adding to the stacked roster. Again, everything was really good. The um, you did have more Julia versus Tam violence, but um, I will. I'm curious about like the one standout match for me. There's seven matches here. Let's see if me and you both had the same standout match. Mine was Himika versus Ami Sori, which was my favorite match of this show. I actually gave it four stars. Wow. Um, I didn't quite go that high with it. I thought it was a good, a good test. Of Amisori, I'll be perfectly honest. When I saw it, I thought, "Oh well, Amisori is going. You know, they're building her. She's she's going to go the distance in the tournament." That didn't go well. Um, <laughs> but you know, they have very similar styles, and I feel like Himika wrestles very, very well against people who have a very similar style as her. For example, Mike, Amisori, Mirai, people like that. Hazuki as well, who isn't the same style, but seems to have good matches with everyone. Um so that was that was a good match. Um I was a big fan of the Cosmic Angels versus Donna Del Mondo match. Um just adding a little bit more fuel to that fire. Um and I was a big fan of the God's Eye versus Stars match as well. So Mirai and Suri and Konami versus Hanan, Kogama and Saya That was also a really good match. Nice and fun. You've got some hard hitting there where it's needed. And again I know I say it at least three times an episode. Hannon looked great. Um, but other members and of Konami. And Konami. Exactly. Well, I was going to give Konami her flowers in the Cinderella final, but yes, Konami looked great here as well. Sayurida, I think, had a really good run of shows. Um, I'm really intrigued to see where she is at the end of this year, Sayurida. And I know this is a conversation we've had before because in the pecking order in stars at the moment, there's only really Momokogo who is below Sayurida. And Momokogo, it looks like she is going to be having a storyline moving forward with Club Venus. Um, So what is Sayurida doing? Because obviously Hannon has moved ahead of her. They're obviously very high on Hannon, and Hannon is very, very good. But I'd love to see Sayurida in the mix for something because it does seem like a lot of these... I don't want to use the term lower card wrestlers, but you get my you get my drift. Mm-hmm. 
there doesn't seem a lot for them to do in terms of singles gold. So your sire readers, your tacklers, people like that, Mariah May, you know, who, what are they fighting for? Because the singles gold all seems to be very much at the upper echelon, which is where the SWA belt sort of filled a gap. I know that it was hamstrung by its rule set, but you are sort of starting to find, you know, Sayurida is solely in six-woman tags. Um, Tekla, they couldn't get her on the card to the point where she's teaming with Club Venus on All-Star Grand Cinderella, uh, All-Star Grand Queendom. Sorry, I was going to say Cinderella, and I was like, that's not the word. And then I was going to say Slam, and I was like, no, that's what Sasha, that's what Mercedes Monet called it at the Cinderella final. Um, you know, even Wakasuki Yama has got more momentum than Sayurida at the moment. I'd like to see maybe a good showing in the five-star and then, you know, even if her and Hannah, and I've said this before, as Wingoria are established in the tag division, something like that, because I feel like Sayurida, especially as she's part of this lauded golden generation that Stardom are sort of promoting, it will be good to see her promoted more because when she's given the nod, She's fantastic. She really is. Yeah, we'll talk. We, we talk about it all the time. It's they really need to push her. And we talked about maybe her going to uh, Donald Del Mundo, uh, maybe sometime soon, just because to kind of shake things up. We'll talk about it with that Golden Generation six person match mm-hmm. when we get to it because she was fantastic there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this match was great. And uh, yeah, we, we talked about how great Hannah was in this match and Konami. I thought their seg their segments that they had were terrific just their submissions back and forth and how Hanan was able to isolate Konami's strikes with her uh, background in judo. And then Konami was able to counter the judo with her submissions. I thought it was a really good story. They told there, and I would love to see Hanan and Konami get, you know, a 10, 12 minute match, just a singles match between the two of them. But yeah, partner, we'll, uh, we're very, very big on Saeed. It just seems like that a lot of these matches, they put her in on these quote unquote road to shows. She really steals the show and they do a great job giving her a lot of time in the ring. And as we always say, it's reps what's going to make you better. And we just see her improving show after show, week after week, and month after month. So considering the fact that the five-star was probably going to be over 400 people, as we alluded to before. So I hope everybody's enjoying these long shows because if that's what it's going to be, every five-star show we do is going to be about five <laughs> hours. So uh, I do I do hope she gets the nod uh, in the five-star where she got longer matches you know, with a Himika, maybe with a Julia, with a Mayu, a Hazuki, you know, uh, Mina, Momo Watanabe, you know, so Suzu Suzuki, depending, depending on who's in the tournament, um, you know, at this time. So, yeah, I hope she's in there because I really think she's going to be somebody that at the end of the tournament, the uh, non-hardcore uh, starter fans are going to be like, wow, that's Saida. She re- she may only have like one or two wins, but she really looked good in each and every outing. So maybe it's somebody that they'll push towards the end of the year. I don't know. But uh, we shall we shall see again. Uh, Stardom's biggest problem is also their biggest uh, their biggest double thumbs up is that their roster is just so stacked with so much good talent. It's like, what do you do with her? You know what I mean? What do you do with her? So, yeah, we shall see. Yeah, the roster depth is is insane. And uh, just before we move on to the ninth, um, the show from the ninth, you brought up a name there, and I was gonna, I've been w- trying to find a way of asking this question over the last couple of weeks. Momo Watanabe the black peach she turned on queen's quest in december of 2021 now uh, obviously since then 
Goddess of Stardom champion with uh, Starlight Kid as Blood Desire, part of a really good Artist of Stardom run with Starlight Kid and Saki Kashima. Has the heel turn for Momo been either as effective as you'd hoped? Has it given her the coat of paint that she needed? Or do you think it's been wasted momentum because i think both of us when we did the podcast to review um the osaka super wars neither of us thought that momo watanabe would turn on queen's quest we assumed that she would leave but we didn't think it would be voluntarily um and then once she did she was the hottest heel in the company and nothing really happened with that. Yes, she became the tag champs for Starlight Kid at World Climax. Yes, she would then become part of the Artist of Stardom champion, but and this could potentially be a topic for a round table. Um but I'm intrigued to know what are your opinions of this Momo Watanabe in a Weathertie run? It's a great question, buddy. And I can see people that are disappointed. I can see people that love it. Again, Momo Watanabe, she's on my Mount Rushmore of stardom wrestlers. And I think we both thought once she turned heel, I think both of us had you, Tommy, beating Sherry that you're a Dream Queendom. And we thought they would put their red belt on Momo. We thought that was basically the necessary depths that she had to go to to finally win the prize that she couldn't win. I think that, again, she's had great matches with her and Starlight Kid as a tag team. The artist run with uh, Saki Kashima and Starlight Kid, you just talked about. They had some fantastic matches. She's had some really good matches in the five-star. Her tournament match for the IWGP Women's Championship match with Mayu was, of course, great. I think what it's doing to Momo Watanabe in a positive way, it's doing two things. Number one, it's adding depth to her character. It's something that they can literally turn her baby face next week, and I think everybody will be fine with it. Two, she's slowing down her style and resting her body a little bit. You have to remember, Momo's been a pro since like 14, 15. She's been having like really crazy matches from 16 to 18. Then in 18, not only did she win the Wonder Stardom Championship, she won it from Io Shirai. And then basically as Io was out the door going to WWE was, oh, by the way, you're leader of Queen's Quest. And then Momo just had these crazy, crazy, hard-hitting, hard-bumping matches or the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Not only that, but then like the tag stuff with her tagging with Yutami. And then her and um, uh, Mo- or Momo uh, AZ with her uh, Momo and Azumi. You know, they won the 2020 uh, Goddess of Stardom uh, cha- uh, tournament. So she's been wrestling this kind of breakneck style for five, six years now. And I think it's just, it's kind of maybe, she's able to maybe recoup some of her body. Not saying she's not going hard now. I mean, she has hard-hitting matches with Sherry. And again, she's had some bangers in the five-star but it's not like she's going out there night after night and just punishing herself. So I think that it's going to give her some longevity in her career. Obviously, Momo's only 22 or 23, something like that. We want her to wrestle in a healthy way as long as she can. So I think that this Oweto Tai heel run is going to be adding more years to her career. And again, it's adding something, uh, a new element to her. Again, they can turn her baby face next week and then turn her heel again back at the end of the year. And she's doing a great job playing both roles. The only one negative thing I want to say is she turns on Queen's Quest. And they never really had like a big blow off. Like she turned on Azumi. Her and Azumi had a few matches. Really didn't do anything there. Her and Sayakamitani, they had a match, but it was for the white belt. It was more, it wasn't more of like you betrayed Queen's Quest. It was just like, hey, I want to break Momo's record. I'm going to do it against Momo. 
And then the new leader of Queen's Quest, Utami, they never had that one-on-one match. We're a year and a half and counting away removed from the heel turn, and we never had that one-on-one match. And about two or three weeks ago before this card uh, in Yokohama became finalized, I'm like, well, maybe that's where you do it. They're not doing anything with Utami. They're not doing anything with Momo. You only need a week or two to build it back up to you know, make everybody remember, oh, by the way, yeah, I turned on uh, Queen's Quest. You, Tommy, you're a leader. You're the now the leader of Queen's Quest. You haven't won any championships. You're doing a terrible job. I'm a better leader than you. Let's settle this in Yokohama. I'm in. It's Momo. It's you, Tommy. I'm in. Count me in. I'm in. I'll be there anyway. Not at the show. You know what I mean. But uh, I just, I'm kind of, I think everybody else is just kind of like waiting for that match. But regardless, I think that she's doing a fine job. And like I said before, partner, I think it's uh, it's being able to slow down her style a little bit. So this way they can add more years to her career. And uh, and and if that's really, you know, one one thing that is happening, you can't do anything but just applaud that. No, I can see where you're coming from. Certainly, I can sympathize with people who feel like it was it was a wasted turn, Um Especially, as I can understand the Sai Kamatani thing because Sai Kamatani wasn't in Queen's Quest that long before Momo turned. Um, I know she was in for an extended period, but not to the same extent as Izumi or Yutami. Uh, the Yutami things, that's the thing for me. It is nonsensical. Um, you know, especially once Yutami dropped the red belt, you're not hamstrung by the red belt anymore. So you could have this huge blowout and we just... I don't know, we just didn't really seem to have it and it sort of fizzled um as did the momentum which was uh, which was a shame but either way um I'm intrigued to know what other people think so uh yeah if you're uh, out there in the stardom cast verse oh I don't like that layer. let's not call it that um <laughs> then uh, let us know what you think um let's move on then to the show from the 9th of April this was from Yamagata Big Wing in Yamagata Japan in front of 372 people um obviously the main event the golden generation 6 woman um match one thing it did show me is when when Mayu Iwatani and Tam both said that, you know, well, give it two years and then we're going to think about retiring. I very much panicked because I was, oh my God, that's two huge staples of stardom, huge main event staples, huge draws, um, both in terms of in-ring and, you know, merch sellers and things like that. And I was, oh my God you know, no, no, what's going to happen? And then I watch this match and you've got Sayurida is 25. You've got Mirai, who I think is 24, um, 23. Um, you've got Sayurida who's 25. Um, you've got Sai Kamatani who's 26. You have got all of these wrestlers who are approaching like the very, very best years in their career still to come. You know, and that's not taking into account Julia and um, Starlight Kid and Azumi and people like that. So actually, there's very little for me to panic about because this match just showcased how good everyone is and also showcased just how much of a Miss Himika is going to be once she does retire in uh, Yokohama. 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, the depth of the starting roster. You were just going to hit the panic button because you were going to miss my you and I was going to miss Tam. So that's that's where your panic button came from. But uh, the podcast will be like over, those... mate. The podcast will be over. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do a starting podcast and then not be the icon. And Tam, right? <laughs> I don't know if I can do no. it and there's no icon. I just, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh... But yeah, um, again, the depth of the stardom roster is crazy. We we talk about like the unofficial pillars of the of the company: Utami, Mayu, Julia, and Sherry. Literally, like those four can like go to WWE, and then like say you lose like Tam, Natsupoi, and uh, Momo Watanabe, you still have Starlight Kids, Saida, Micah, uh, Mina. Like it's just it's crazy how Hazuki. It's just crazy how. De- how deep this roster is maybe i mean maybe the one thing to do um is do what new japan does and maybe send some of them over to america just to maybe freshen themselves up a little bit and then get their name out there over in the states and uh and then bring them back i mean that might be something to do because this roster is just loaded but yeah um obviously we don't want Mayu or tam to retire anytime soon obviously if they do on their own terms like how himika is uh you know that that's up to them but we want them to wrestle forever. And I don't, by the way, by the way of how much fun they're having and how the company's growing mm. and how their brands are growing of Tam and Mayu, I just don't see them retiring anytime soon. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed, buddy. Fingers crossed. Yeah, they might go part-time, especially Mayu, who just, I feel like, and this touch wood, obviously I don't want this to happen because she is the best, but I do feel like her body is going to give out at some point just because of some of the absolutely outrageous bumps she takes. Um, and we'll get into uh, some of the more outrageous uh, selling that she did for Nanai Takahashi in uh, in the Cinderella final, in a match that I thought was fantastic, by the way. But yes, um, I did really, really, really enjoy this six-woman tag match. I mean, you've got Mariah in there, who at the moment I feel like is one of, and this is just me personally, personal preference, um, she's one of the better wrestlers in the company. And that's saying a lot when you consider just how stat this roster is. Um, she just seems to be hitting it out of the park whenever she gets the opportunity, which is great. Um, her and Utami, I want to see that in a singles match, and I want it now. Um, Sayurida and Micah, that's another match I want to see. I know they did a little bit over the Future of Stardom Championship a while ago, um, but I want to see them wrestle again, especially because I feel like Micah is a completely... Um, just unrecognizable wrestler from when she was in that future of stardom sort of um, division. Like she held that belt, I believe she was the third champion. And she was, she was seen as something of a super rookie. And like, I can't even believe that her now is that person. And I know there's been like two years since then. But even so, I think like the progress she's made from that is is unbelievable. Sayaka Matani as well, obviously she was future of stardom division in that same time, and now she's the longest reigning, or sorry, the most successful uh, white belt champion in the company's history, and the second longest reigning in history. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a very good match. Go and check it out. Runs about seventeen minutes, um, and probably over the over the two shows, probably the match that you need to go and search out. Another match I really enjoyed was the Donna Del Mondo and Stars time limit draw, um, which was Julia May Sakurai and Tekla versus Hazuki, Kogama and Mayu Iwatani. The unofficial, and this is no disrespect, the unofficial Stars A-team. Um, I 
always enjoy watching Mayu Iwatani, Kagame and Hazuki because A, Hazuki just does not know that it's a time to take a step back. Stop going 100% all the time, Hazuki. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, but the chemistry those three in particular seem to have is uh, is really, really good. I think May Sakurai is growing into this, her ladyship gimmick, really, really, really well. Um, and Julia just looks so domineering and so imperious as this red belt champion. She looks even scarier with half her hair missing now, courtesy of Tam. Um, but overall, it's it's a good show, and I actually probably preferred the ninth to the eighth as a whole show. But for me personally, the matches you absolutely need to check out are the main event, that six-woman tag. Um, in fact, the last three matches, probably for me, the Donna Del Mondo versus Stars Time Limit Draw, and then the God's Eye versus Aweather Time Match, which was Amisori, Shuri, and Konami taking on Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid. That's also a really, really good match. Matt, what about you? Yeah, um, I want just want to briefly uh, touch upon the main event. I know you talked about it a little bit. First of all, I liked how they split up the tag teams, mm-hmm. like how you had Aphrodite split up and you had Mike and Himika split up. I thought that was really cool to a point where I had to keep looking down on my notes because as this match was breaking down, I was like, wait, who's on whose team now? Um, again, we wax poetically all the time about how great Saida was. And uh, as great as the other five women are in this match, I mean, you have Micah, who's fantastic, Himika, who's really putting a pedal to the metal and emptying the gas tank on this retirement run. Yutami's obviously getting a pillar. Sayakamatani is one of the best wrestlers, uh, not only in the company, but the world. Uh, Mirai against fantastic back-to-back Cinderella tournament uh, wins, which we'll get into. But for me, I thought Saida was the MVP of this match, and I thought the stuff she did with Micah was fantastic. I mean, they had some really good back and forth, and you could see, again, as I watch stardom, I know how these multi-person matches, as they're getting to the final few minutes, how it's going to end. And you can kind of see that it's going to come down to uh, uh, Micah versus Saida. And their, their stretch in the middle and their stretch at the end was fantastic. I mean, Saida, not only does she hit hard, but she got no problem taking hard shots. And she takes the lariat that goes into the uh, Michinoku driver for the finish. Like, what an ending combination. Like, that lariat was, like, right out of the Stan Hansen playbook. And then Micah just hits the picture-perfect uh, Michinoku driver. Like, what a great sequence for a finish. I love it when Micah does those two moves back-to-back to kind of put the exclamation point uh, on her victory. But I also thought the one really cool part in the match, and we always talk about, you know, one of the many reasons why we love Mike and Himmick as a tag team, is their ability to throw so many clotheslines in an Lariat sandwich. And I loved it how Micah and, uh, excuse me, how Himika and Utami hit Micah with the Lariat sandwich. <laughs> it, was like, it was like they hit it, and then she she dropped down. Uh, she dropped down to her knees or sat down or whatever, and then they hit the Lariat sandwich while she was on the ground. It was like, wait a minute, I'm usually on the left or the right of this, not in the middle. I thought that was really great. And the fact that Utami was like, oh, I know how this goes, because I've been, I've been a part of this on the, the ouchy end quite a bit. I thought that was a great part. But, uh, yeah, I thought this match was uh, definitely the best of the two of the non-pay-per-views. Um, I gave it actually four and a quarter stars. I liked it that much. Yeah, I gave it four. It's it's a match you definitely need to go and uh, go and search out. One thing I did want to ask um, in terms of the show from the ninth, obviously um, Club Venus um, announced that their new member was Jessie. Uh, she came out on the 6th of April in Sendai. Uh, she's been given quite a big run. I mean, so far, five matches, five wins, five winning pinfalls, I believe I read on Twitter. So, obviously, 
a very domineering start. What, from what you've seen of her, what is your opinion of her as a talent? And where do you think she stands on the totem pole of Club Venus as well? Well, first of all, what they're doing with her, Rob, they're calling that, from what I understand, the reverse Waka booking. That's that's what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse uh, Waka. Love it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, last week. It's just, obviously, she hasn't had any singles matches. They're tagged. They've either been six or eight person. So she's in there with some great talent, not only in her corner, but on the opposite side. So she's only going to get better. Clearly she's living in Japan. Um, I don't think she's flying back and forth. If she is, God bless her. I'm assuming she's living in Japan. She is going to be there a while. So she's going to be training in the stardom dojo, with some of the best of the best. And I thought her NXT stuff from the little I saw was, was pretty good. I don't think they gave her enough time to really showcase what she can do. And we talked about it before. She started in the NXT system. So she was trained by Robbie Brookside and Norman Smiley. Two pretty good talents to show you the ropes of pro wrestling. Uh, from what I've seen, I've enjoyed. They've done a great job uh, exploiting her strengths. Really haven't seen any weaknesses just yet. But I would be interested to see her in like in a one-on-one match with like a Momo Kogo or a Saya Ida or a Starlight Kid, you know, or, a, you know, Hannah, et cetera, et cetera just to see how, how that would go. But so far, uh, so good. I think she fits very well in with Club Venus. And it's just uh, it's just pretty wild how Club Venus was a thing only about like three months ago. And now they have just as much members, if not more, than a widow tie. So it's like, wow, I tell you what, you want to talk about doing some recruiting. Good on you, Mina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on then to the Corican Hall show. Obviously, we weren't able to watch this in time for this review, so we'll just quickly read through the results. If you don't want to hear the results, please fast forward the podcast um, about a minute or so, and we'll be on the Cinderella tournament final. Um, so this was from Friday the 14th of April 2023 and was in front of 1,013 people, and the match results are as follows. Match one, a three-way match. Hina defeated Aya Sakura and Hanako with the Gado Clutch in seven minutes and 39 seconds. Match two, tag team match. The God's Eye team of Amisori and Mirai defeated Ram Kachao and Yuna Mizumori with uh, Mirai getting the pinfall with a lariat in 10 minutes and 38 seconds. Match three, tag team match. Cosmic Angels, Natsupoi and Tam Nakano defeated the Dada Del Mondo team of May Sakurai and Tekla with Natsupoi getting the pin over Tekla with the roll-up in 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Match four, singles match. Konami versus Wakasukiyama ended in a double countout in 4 minutes and 52 seconds. We then had an eight-woman tag match with the Club Venus team of Jesse, Mariah May, Zena, and Mina Shirakawa, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Utami Hayashishita, Saya Kamatani, Lady C, and Miyu Amasaki, with Jesse getting the pinfall over Lady C with the Joyride in 11 minutes and 36 seconds. Now, here is just a brief story beat. Um, during the press conference, my uh, Wiwatani, Mina Shirakawa spat uh, green mist into Sayakamatani's face, and we are led to believe that Sayakamatani is the sort of good person who will always do the right thing. However, at the end of this match, she retaliates and spits green mist in Mina's face, showcasing that she's not above doing what she needs to do, whether that be dirty or good, depending to retain this white belt. And, uh, 
Himanshu underscore doi on Twitter was able to uh, translate Mina's post-match uh, comments, saying that Sai Kamatani, this is the Kamatani that always plays the good girl, right? It means that there's emotion like black mud sludge in Kamatani's heart. Let's bring it out of her. Was this bell to despair for Kamatani and Hiroshima? Obviously, that's where um, Sai Kamatani injured Mina Shirakawa accidentally. Um, now I'll ask you the same thing at Yokohama Arena. Um, so it looks like Mina is looking to draw out that darkness in Sai Kamatani. Um, I don't know if that's a storyline people are interested in. Um, I personally would much rather have it just been um, the Mina Shirakawa who called that phenomenal face promo after that Hiroshima show at the start of November where she was literally bleeding out of her face and was just sobbing uncontrollably about how the things that she wants are always so far away, but she'll be back stronger. I thought that was a really fantastic promo. I thought they, her and Zai could have built a lot on that. But if they're going to go the bloody angel route, we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know how that'll play into how, who wins the match. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Talking about the remainder of the card, there's three more matches just to run through. Uh, in match six, there was a 12-woman elimination tag team match. Uh, the Oeda tag team of Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruaka Arena, and Fuki Can Death defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hanan, Hazuki, Kogama, Momo Kogo, and Saya Ida, with Starlight Kid finally eliminating Momo Kogo with the Black Tiger Pile Driver in six min 16 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, match 7, the sole championship match on the card, a high-speed championship match. Azumi successfully defending the high-speed championship against Tanaki Kashima, pinning her with the Azumi Sushi in 4 minutes and 28 seconds, taking her total successful defences to 11 and taking her days with the belt as of recording on the 19th of April to 420 days. And then, of course, in the main event, it was my Himmy's final tag and a one-night reunion of Alto Lavello Cabalawan between Julia and Suri, with ALK taking the victory, um, with uh, Julia pinning Himika with the Northern Lights bomb in 15 minutes and 54 seconds. There's going there's some things that I look forward to talking about next week, Matt. Um, some interesting matchups, um, not just the main event and the high-speed championship match, but we'll get into that uh, in a moment. Oh, well, I say um, we'll review it in a sec. I mean next week. Never mind. Um, so let's head straight into the Cinderella tournament finals from Saturday the 15th of April 2023 from Yoyogi National Stadium Gymnasium 2 uh, in front of 1,049 people. Now, Stardom's won the venue three times. Uh, this is the lowest attendance at the venue. Uh, the last time they ran this venue was for the Triangle Derby final back on the 4th of March. It's down 45.3% from that show where they drew 1,919. And it's down 6.3% from Tokyo Super Wars, which I believe drew 1,119. Um, now, Matt... We were down on this card um, simply because of its placement. 
we feel like the tournament as a whole has been overshadowed a little bit by the impending supercard that is All-Star Grand Queendom, and that show's going to be incredible, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But I think we can both agree that, well, for one, this tournament as a whole has suffered massively because of... a. A lack, well, yeah, a lack of focus, let's call it what it is. Because in the time between the Triangle Derby final and All-Star Grand Queendom, they had to try and cram the Cinderella tournament in. And on that final, there's no title matches at all. It didn't feel like it should have been a pay-per-view. And that's a shame because the Cinderella tournament is one of the staples of the stardom calendar. I feel it's been really overshadowed. And I feel like the attendance... Um, sort of showcases that. I think if there's going to be a show, a big show in March or April, which the last three years there have been, there was Budokan, there was the World Climax shows at Sumo Hall, and now, of course, the Yokohama Arena show, I feel like it needs to be scheduled at, at a different time. I mean, we we talked about how we would improve the Triangle Derby, maybe not have it run as long. I feel like the Triangle Derby running as long as it did probably didn't help because it meant you had to cram the Cinderella into a shorter time. But this is a tournament that was done for many years on one night. So, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. I think it's just... I think it's suffered from a lack of focus, Matt. However, and just before I ask your opinion on that, I still feel like, despite there not being that blow-away match on this card, it was a good show to build angles heading into Sunday's Yokohama show. Boy, howdy, you're, you're right. You know, um, you know, we talked about it last week, how I think you said last year Cinderella did like over 2000 people. So you're, you're losing, you know, you already gave the numbers down almost 50%. And it's just clear in the words of Bobby Heenan, I would always hear him say, well, you know, what is the reason why he didn't draw the new gas station open or this or that? No, it's clearly they you didn't give the people what they wanted to see. And going into the card, we're like, we know this is going to be pay-per-view. It's the finals of the Cinderella. It should be a pay-per-view. The final four, we were kind of scratching our head at. Um, uh, however, they elevated everybody very well. And this final night, they had a phenomenal two really angles to build up to two of the big matches. Obviously, the main event, which we'll talk about, and then Mercedes jumping Mayu, which, from what I understand, was Mercedes was not scheduled to show up, which is her idea. Like it was like, hey, let me add more fuel to the fire to try to sell some more tickets. So, um, if that is true, which I believe it is, you know, good on her for her trying to do an angle to try to create more interest in what is already a dream match for a big championship. But, um, yeah, the show overall, again, maybe we're just spoiled from stardom. I mean, you take a look at the last two pay-per-views they put on, the Supreme Fight, absolutely fantastic. You know, so many good matches across the board. The Triangle Derby Finals, in my opinion, is one of the greatest stardom shows ever. I mean, just so many fantastic matches. And then we get this. Again, it was a good show. Maybe even touched very good at certain points. But it was, uh, I think you're right, I think it was kind of some of the stuff was just forced but again, give credit where credit is due. Uh, this weekend, there were a lot of people in the Twitterverse talking about stardom just because, uh, you know, spoilers, we had the second ever um, two-time winner of the Cinderella Tournament crown, which none of us saw really coming. And uh, also that really big angle. Obviously, I do not speak any Japanese, but that 
post-match promo with Donald Del Mondo and Cosmic Angel, I was literally on the edge of my seat. Um, and I had no idea. Just the emotion going on. I had an idea what was happening. Again, I had no idea what words were, were being spoken. But I was on the edge of my seat like I was for a Marvel movie. And uh, just kudos to them for having a show that really didn't have a lot of buzz going in, but had a lot of bang coming out. So, um, yeah, uh, thumbs up on that. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you. Um, yeah, let's just let's just get into this. There are translations for the post and uh, the promos and things like this that happened. And I'll just be I'll be going off uh, Karen Peterson, friend of the show, Karen Peterson, um, her great column on post wrestling, where she always produces uh, the reviews and all of the angles in English, which are always always helpful. So speaking of real quick, speak that you gave me a a, a ham fisted segue without doing it, partner Karen Peterson. Karen Peterson, who will be on the show next week to do our review of All-Star Grand Queendom. She actually sent her uh, picks in for this. So when we do our picks, uh-huh. uh, Karen sent her picks in as well. So Karen Peterson, all over the show without being up, without even being on it. That just shows you how well she's over here. There you go. Just look at that. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so th- first thing, uh, we had a pre-show match, which was not broadcast at all, uh, which is helpful. Um, it wasn't on the YouTube set. Uh, Saw the YouTube free for all, and uh, it wasn't on the pay per view broadcast either. Um, so if you watch the first, I think it's the first half an hour on YouTube, which they broadcast for free, that was just the pre show preamble, and then uh, Mace, uh, Sakurai versus Wakasukiyama. Um, and it wasn't on the pay per view broadcast, so it did happen. Uh, a singles match between Hanako and Aya, pardon me, Sakura, ended in a time limit draw at five minutes. We open then. With our first Cinderella tournament semi-final match, and uh, yes, Wakasukiyama Wakamania may have been running wild, but it was hugely derailed by her ladyship uh, as May Sakurai defeated Wakasukiyama with the guillotine leg drop in five minutes and fifty-two, and with that, she also gave a big guillotine leg drop to anyone's remaining brackets because I feel like anyone that was left sort of thinking of winners in this tournament, I feel like everyone assumed it was going to be Wakasukiyama and within one match, we were like, who the hell is winning this damn tournament? <laughs> um, you know, I... I I feel like I'm being a little bit negative today, and I don't want to be. Um, and I'm I'm going to be a lot more positive, uh, sort of moving forward. I don't. Why did May Sakurai beat Waka here? I mean, I feel like they are building that relationship between the two. The hurt that May caused Waka when she turned on Cosmic Angels and joined Donna Del Mondo, though. That shouldn't really be a contributing factor when you consider what Wacker did after the main event. So that's obviously something that they're doing. Wacker is no longer the big loser in Star and Stardom's roster. She's a, she wins quite regularly now. She's just gone to a draw with Konami. It does feel a bit weird that you would then have Mei Sakurai going over. My only thought is 
they clearly thought Mirai was going to win. Mirai's a baby face. Mirai is not going to be mm-hmm. as over if she's beating Waka Tsukiyama. Boom. You got it, buddy. I already had, I had the answer in my head. I was going to wait for you to finish what you need to finish. You answered your own question, my friend. Yes, if Mirai goes over Waka, it's going to be, they're like, everybody's going to poo-poo on, on Mirai, and they, they don't want that. So you answer your own question, my friend. Good job. My next question, then, Matt, linked to this. We are all over the place on this show review. We've already <laughs> talked about who's the winner. Um, but my question to you is, does Mirai need the win here? Now, don't get me wrong. I think Mariah's great. I've already put her over massively on this podcast. And to be only the second person behind Mayu Iwatani to win the tournament twice, and then to do it back-to-back as well, is a fantastic achievement. Did Mariah need that, though? If you, you were to put... The... All, sorry, Matt. If you were to put no, all no, four no. of these women on the table and say, right, you can choose a Cinderella. Who do you think is going to benefit most from a Cinderella win, I would argue Mariah is third or fourth on that list. Now, if Mariah wins, well, she did win, but if Mariah and her challenge, she ends up challenging for, say, the white belt, she has to win it. She has to win it. Otherwise, what was the point? To have her win the tournament twice and then to lose her wish twice does seem somewhat pointless, especially when you could have capitalized on the huge groundswell of momentum that was going behind Wakasukiyama. And my only, only thought as to why Wakasukiyama has not won this tournament is because of the post-match angle in the main event. That's the, oh, they knew they were going to do this, and it seemed like a, a way of getting Club Venus into their own sort of faction space. And that's the only reason that Wacker didn't win. I think if they didn't do that angle with Cosmic Angels at the end of the best two out of three falls match, I think Wacker Sukiyama was a shoe in to win this tournament. Yeah, you look at all four of these, and no disrespect to Ami Sori, Waka, or May Sakurai, as far as, and again, it's, it's my opinion, you'll probably back me up on this, as, so many, as many other people probably will. Um, you put all four wrestlers again, you throw them on the table. Who's the best of the four? Clearly, for me, and again, you'll probably agree with me, it's Mirai. Mm-hmm. So, going going into this as a fan, I think we even said if you know we had Waka number one, if Waka's not going to win it, number two would be May Sakurai, number three would be Ami Sora. We can see any of those three winning it. Mirai's not going to win it, she doesn't need it, she just won it last year. They may come away at the end of this weekend with the tag belts, she doesn't need it. But I was like, you know what, though, Mirai is the best of the four. So I'm glad that she did win it in that regard. But now it's like, what do you do with it? Because I don't think anybody's beating Julia until at least 2024. I really, really don't. Not unless all of a sudden her matches are terrible and uh, she stops drawing money, which I don't see happening. And I just don't, not unless Saya beats Mina. I don't see Mina. If Mina does win the white belt, and I, again, we're like 20 minutes away reviewing that match. I still have no idea who's going to win, <laughs> but I just don't, I, I really don't. Oh my goodness. It's like the hardest match for me to pick. I'm still kind of going back and forth, but like I not less Saya beats Mina and then Mirai beats Saya. Maybe that's where they're going, but I just don't see Mina winning the white belt and then her dropping it two or three months later. That's like really anybody. Uh, Stardom does not like the hot shot. Those two main titles again, maybe she challenges for the IWGP women's, 
But regardless of who comes out of it, whether it's Mayu or whether it's Mercedes, I don't see either of those two ladies dropping the belt either. It's intriguing because regardless of whatever match you get, whether we get Mariah versus either Tam or Julia, banger. Whether we get Mariah versus Mina or Saya, banger. Whether we get Mariah versus Mercedes or Mayu, banger. Count me in. Uh, again, um, I don't know what you do because you're like, yeah, a lot of people are saying there's no way she goes 0-2, right? I just don't see her beating any of those wrestlers for the belt. It's not that she's not ready. I just don't think the timing is right. Regardless, I'm super intrigued to see where they go with it. And and really, you get another main event one-on-one singles championship match for Mirai. Who doesn't want that? You know what that means, Rob? More hilarious. Who doesn't want that? It's like more ice cream, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Plus, <laughs> it does mean, say Saikamatani does retain the belt, it does mean we get to see Sayakamatani ragdoll for Mariah's Lariat, like you said. And very few people, apart from Mayu, sell a Lariat as good as Sayakamatani does. I mean, I'm just looking at um, Sayakamatani's defense record on stardomcast.com. Um, and you look at who she's beaten. This will be her 16th defense at, me, at Yokohama. She has beaten damn near most of the roster at this point like so if i read out her match do you know what no i'm gonna do this when we actually <laughs> preview the match let's talk about these matches so may sakurai defeating wakasukiyama with the gate and like dropping five minutes 52 we'll clump these two uh semi-finals together and then marai defeated amisori with the lariat in 11 minutes and 12 seconds meaning that our final would be May Sakurai and Mirai. Um, the matches as a whole, Matt, without getting too distracted by the politics and what happens and when, um, what do you think of the two matches themselves? I thought they were both pretty good. I wish they would have gotten more time, um, especially just the improvement of May, Waka, and especially Ami. Sorry, I, I think Ami and Mirai just got going, and then they kind of cut it. It was almost very similar to their five-star match, where it seemed like it just got going, and then I was like, oh, by the way, you got to take it home. But uh, for star rating purposes, the first match, the uh, May Sakurai versus Waka, three and a quarter, and Mariah versus Ami, sorry, I gave three and a half stars. And by the way, I was so happy to see that after Mariah bludgeoned her tag partner with several lariats to get the win, that when Mariah came out for the final Ami Sori was right there with her, and they shared a smile. So no, uh, no harm, no foul. So uh, that 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 warmed my heart going into the final. Yeah, I did think that Mariah <laughs> and Ami Sori had some fantastic chemistry. We saw that in their five star match that they wrestle a really good style together. And I thought this was another sort of chapter in that story. I thought Ami Sori, who had a really good match with Himika, and then obviously this match with Mariah has come out of this weekend again, having lost, having not made the final, she still looks good. Um, heading into that um, future of Stardom Championship match on the twelfth of May with Rena. Um, yeah, I was really, really happy with that match. Again, assumed Amisori would win, was wrong. Um, the May Sakurai and Waka match seemed to be going well, but it just like you mentioned, you just it was too short. I feel like if you're building a rivalry between these two, which is you know, you look at the history between the two, it makes sense to build a rivalry between the two. One is a really good heel. I mean, May Sakurai, the ladyship gimmick. She is a natural heel. Um, and Waka Tsukiyama, you could never turn Waka heel. She's too endearing as a babyface. So the part, like the 
the partnership, the chemistry between the two is perfect. Um, it's just, I feel like they just needed a little bit more time. Um, however, one godsend, May Sakurai didn't win with that bloody elbow. So we're all good. Though she did hit it, but Wacker kicked out of it. Um, match three then was a six-woman tag match. The Club Venus team of Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse defeating the Stars team of Hazuki Kagama and Momo Kogo with Jesse pinning Momo Kogo with the joyride in nine minutes and 54 seconds. Um, I really enjoyed the angle that they were setting after this. The sort of Club Venus is like the mean girls and, you know, ordinarily you'd get, come the end of this match, you'd have, you only seem to be losing with stars. Why don't you come and join a winning faction? And that's sort of how we get, you know, people jumping from faction to faction. I did enjoy the fact that we had Club Venus saying, we don't want you. You're dragging stars down and sort of getting into Momo Kogo's head um, until, you know, she grabs the microphone and Momo Kogo starts screaming that she's not a loser. Um, I did enjoy that. It seems that we're doing something with Momo Kogo. That storyline's only going to benefit Momo Kogo. I could have done without the whole uh, you lack the boobs to be in Club Venus because that seemed to be a large portion of it. But that aside, um, I quite enjoyed the angle, Matt. Yeah, the match was okay. Um, you know, good. It was good. It was solid. Everybody worked hard. The angle was really, really good. Mariah May is really fitting in so well, so fast. It seems like we say that every week that she's improving so well and just fitting in great with the Stardom roster, especially uh, in her partner in Club Venus. Yeah, they're finally doing something with Momokogo. So it's interesting to see where it goes. So again, Momokogo, again, she's just somebody else that's just lost in this stacked roster. Um, and she's been, again, she's another one that improves week in and week out, but just with the roster being as stacked as it is, she's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. So the fact that she may be feuding with Club Venus, um, not only that, but the press conference from uh, All-Star Grand Queendom um, with Tekla, and we'll get into it in a, in a moment, with Tekla being, you know, in d- doing that tag match with Club Venus, she even said, like, I don't belong here. So you may see, like, Momo Kogo kind of feud with all of Club Venus, and then we may see Tekla feuding with all club Venus. So uh, again, as much as we love Tekla, she's kind of directionless now as well. So I think that if that's the way, the route they go, it gives all the members of club club Venus, something to do with Momo Kogo and Tekla, who uh, both those two are two really fantastic uh, in ring competitors. So we shall see where it goes. So, and I, I'm intrigued just like you partner. I'm intrigued with it. And again, really good promo really like, yeah, exactly. Like a very mean girls, very mean girls. Um, very upsetting. Like, how dare you, Mariah May? That was very rude of her. <laughs> very rude of her. But no, Mariah May is doing a uh, fantastic job, uh, what she's doing, not only in the ring, but with her character as well. Like, it's really just a home run these past, like, two or three months from her. Yeah, and again, it's another pinfall victory for Jesse. Um, again, it seemed to be a lot of Jesse and Xena in this match. I thought the little exchange between Mariah May and Kagama to open the match was really good. Um, but I've already asked about Jesse. What about Xena? Have we seen an improvement in Xena? Do we see her as a long-term sort sort of roster member as a part of Club Venus? I thought she looked, she's improved every time I've seen her. Um, I would love to see a little bit more of the athleticism we saw against, was it Mariah? 
I think it might have been Mariah in the uh, Cinderella quarterfinal where she was throwing like big enziguris and stuff like that, where you could really tell there was the Robbie Eagles influence. But that's just a minor nitpick from me. I feel like she's, you know, she's got that sort of strong sort of glamazon type of uh, type of gimmick going on, which is uh, which is really good. Um, Jesse again, we'll see. She seems to be solid enough in ring. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, same. Solid enough in the ring. We'll see where it goes. Uh, just to kind of piggyback off the Xena thing. Um, yeah, the athleticism is there. I'd like to see a little bit more of it. She's had some chop battles with Ami Sori and I believe Saida. So you know she hits high, which is right up my alley. So again, these new members of Club Venus who I knew nothing about a handful of months ago are really, really growing uh, on the stardom roster with this brand new uh, faction. So it's a really cool thing. Like not only do we have a new faction, but it's basically Mina picking people that have really other, you know, other than, uh, than Waka um, people that have really never been in stardom before. So, you know, you have Mariah May never in stardom before Zena never been in stardom before Jesse never in stardom before. And uh, they're doing a really good job building up this faction so fast, so quick. So, you know, kudos to the booking team and kudos to Mina really getting, you know, that, that team together. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on then to the 12-woman tag team match. The entire of Oedetai, and that's Katora Starlight, Momo Watanabe, Rina Ruaka, and Saki Kashima, defeated the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Saya Kamatani, Azumi, Miyu Amasaki, and Lady C with Rina pinning Miyu Amasaki with the Pink Devil in 10 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, what did you think of this one, Matt? It was solid, but there's just a lot of people in the match. Mm. A lot of bodies, a lot of things. I think it's just it's another match to get everybody on the card. Absolutely, maybe if somebody's yeah. like, yeah, maybe it's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy a ticket. Well, you, Tommy's on the show. And then she's in a match with 11 other people. So, um, again, you have 11 minutes, 12 people. What can you really do? Ultimately, everybody worked hard. I thought it was really cool with all the stars in the match. I don't mean the faction stars. Uh, all the stars in the match that Rena is the one that wind up getting the pinfall. So uh, I thought the booking there was was uh, really, really good, just getting uh, Rena another win on a, uh, a bigger show like this. So I thought that was really cool and a tip of the cap. Ultimately, though, again, everybody worked hard, but to match that in a month from now, no one's really going to remember. No, um, it was just a case of it's there. Um, everyone's on the card. You know, we didn't really see much of Starlight and Azumi together, for example. Um, we didn't really see much of Momo and Utami, which I'd have loved to have seen a little bit more of. But it was there. It did its job. You know, just under 11 minutes, it was fine. A match I did thoroughly enjoy, however, was this match, the six-woman tag team match, the uh, Stardom Neo Army, or the Neo Stardom Army, sorry, of Nene Takahashi, Hugh, and Yuna Mizumori defeating the Stars team of Mai Wibutani, Hanan, and Sayurida, with Nene Takahashi submitting Sayurida with the high-angle crossface in 11 minutes and 46 seconds. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was a really, really, really good showcase of all six women. I thought that Mayu's and Nene's exchanges were fantastic. 
and made me want a singles match right now, which apparently is exactly what Mayu thought as well, as she said uh, post-match, that if she were to win the IWGP Women's Championship, she would nominate Nanai Takahashi as her first challenger. So clearly she realized the chemistry that they had together was uh, was good. I mean, you've got Mayu Utani and Hanan climbing the bloody frames and doing dives off it as though they're Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom 12. All in all, a very, very fun sub 12 minute match, Matt. You know, we talk a lot about just how much Hanan has improved and keeps improving. And we talk about how we see a lot of Mayu's influences on her, you know, the double team moves, the way she sells, the way she um, engages the crowd. But now we're seeing Mayu's influences to do something absolutely crazy by jumping off a crossbeam in the middle of a show. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I'm jumping. Hey, I'm the leader of this group. I'm jumping off this. You're coming with me, Hanan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Mayu uh, Nanai stuff was good. You and Yuna were really good as well. Saida mixing it up there with you and Yuna is was fantastic as well. Again, this must be like the Saida show because I thought she was great as well. But yeah, definitely the uh, the main part of this match was Mayu versus Nanai. So I'm excited for if Mayu does win the uh, IWGP Women's Championship match this weekend. That if that match does come, uh, we do get that because I am really, really intrigued to see what that match. I know what that match is going to look like. It's going to look awesome, and I'm all here for it. And I think you know the uh, the Twitterverse had a big buzz uh, coming off this match just based on um, not only the post match thing, which we'll get into in a minute, but just their uh, their interactions in uh, in the ring. So uh, good job on Stardom. If that's the way, even if it's not for a championship match, if we just get that in a singles match somewhere down the road, I think all eyes will be glued on our TVs. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then obviously Mercedes Monet came in back, uh, backstab her just to remind Mayu Iwatani that she was getting a little bit ahead of herself. You know, there's no point in you challenging anybody else. You've got to be me yet. Um, and again, just she just seemed like this big bullying heel, um, which is great because it sets up that dynamic ahead of the Yokohama show. And it's a dynamic that Mai Wibitani plays fantastically anyway. Um, match six, singles match. Shuri defeated Konami with a really vicious sort of cross between a punt and a buzzsaw kick in 10 minutes and two seconds. God, I miss Konami, Matt. Yeah, she was great here. And she's been having quite a bit. Um, we talked about this last week. Quite a bit of singles matches. So I wonder if she's ready to come back or if they just don't have anything for her just yet, just because, again, of how stacked the roster is. Perfect time for the Konami to come back. Let me wait till the roster is the most stacked ever, not only of stardom history, but, like, of wrestling history. Um, but regardless, if she does come back full-time, I think she'll find her way really quickly back into this roster. Can you imagine Konami versus um, Amina match or Konami versus a Mirai match? Konami versus, wow, again, let's just say it, Saeeda, you know, the Saeeda show this week. I mean, there's so much good stuff here, but uh, we've saw that these two are really, really good friends. And I talk about it all the time. When you're really, really good friends with somebody, you're just going to hit them even harder and apologize and buy them a beer or a steak or a yoo-hoo afterwards. Boy, these two really laid into each other, didn't they, their partner? This was, this was exactly what I thought it was going to be, exactly what I wanted, violence, uh, but like in a safe way. This was great. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it was everything I loved about their previous encounters. They had a great match at Budokan. They had a great match in that UWF rules match, which I believe was at Tokyo Super Wars. And 
they just have very, very, very good chemistry because they're very, very, very similar wrestlers. You know, they just... The first bit of this match was them literally just kicking each other as hard as they could in the leg. And I was like, I could watch this for the next 10 minutes. If this is just it for 10 minutes, those two kicking each other, I'm more than happy with it. You know, and then it was a case of one-upmanship. They'd snapmare each other, kick each other, laugh, do the same to the other one. And both women, despite kicking the absolute living bejesus out of each other, seemed to be thoroughly enjoying it at the same time, which is really, really good to see. And again, we, we talk about it all the time. Hopefully that reignites the love that Konami used to have for professional wrestling. Um, I know that she will be appearing on Hannah Kimura's Pink's show. Um, she was at the um, sort of announcement ceremony wearing Hannah's blazer, which I thought was really nice. Um, so I hope that she does sort of slowly return to a full-time schedule. It seems that she has been, as you mentioned, Matt, part of a lot of stardom shows and not just the ones in Hiroshima. So maybe we are sort of seeing the phased return of Konami. Um, she came out with God's Eye like branding. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that is where we're going. And again, if we get to see matches like this, just a 10-minute snapshot of what Konami can really do, I'm more than happy for that, more than happy. Um, match seven then saw us with our Cinderella Tournament 2023 final with Mirai defeating Mei Sakurai in 13 minutes and 12 seconds with, and there's no other way of me saying this, with the high fly flow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically it was aces high because uh, Mei Sakurai was standing. But overall, am I... Am I out of line by saying this is probably one of, if not the best May Sakurai singles match? I think it is. I thought this was one of, if not one of the best matches of this tournament. And even the way that this match was being built, especially as it got towards the end with May Sakurai kicking out of not one, but two Mirai shocks. I was like, wow, like they must really be putting her over. And then uh, May, uh, 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 Mirai just decided, yeah, there's a lot of high flyers in this uh in this tournament and in this stardom promotion, I'm going to beat you with a high flying move, which I was like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. But she, uh, for someone who's known really as a ground wrestler, you know, with the clotheslines and the submissions and the hard hitting, you really don't see her going to the top rope too much. And uh, I thought she hit the aces high, high fly flow. Um, I thought she hit it perfectly. I thought it was very well done, but I was, did not see that as the three count. So how about you partner? Like I was like, Oh, Mar uh, may Sakurai is definitely kicking out of this. Cause that's not Mariah's finish, but it was, so I was like, Oh, okay. But the, I thought the drama, the last three, four minutes of this match was really off the charts. And the crowd was really, really into it because they didn't know which way they were going to swing it, which is May Sakurai just keeping, like, you know, fighting from underneath, uh, but kind of doing it in a swarmy kind of heel way. Not 100% heel, but uh, obviously May, uh, Marai's the baby face going in. May Sakurai is the heel just bit based on uh, May Sakurai's uh, promos these last few weeks, but I thought they did a great job showing May Sakurai just refusing to die. Again, kicking out of Mirai's finisher twice. I thought that was really, really intriguing. But uh, as far as uh, answer your question, I don't know a better May Sakurai singles match. I really don't. No, there was a couple of decent ones in the five-star. One against Himika seems to spring to mind from the five-star, but um, yeah, I'd argue this is definitely up there. I thought she there was... One thing that I 
always disliked about May Sakurai was the fact that there was very obvious transitions as though and I think I said this to you Matt there was it was very much like someone who'd rehearsed lines to a play but just knew the lines knew the lines perfectly but there was no emotion there was no sort of changing of the voice anything like that they were just red and that was what may sakurai felt like when she was wrestling she was running through the moves which she knew but there was nothing else there there was nothing in between there was nothing holding it all together and i feel like since being with ddm she's been improving and improving and improving that the subtle nuances and i think being heel being exclusively heel has really helped that and i feel like the last two matches, the Waksuki armor match to a certain extent, even though it was only five minutes long. And this match especially is the culmination of all that because there was resilience, there was emotion, there was, you know, there was times where you want, you know you are going to hate Mei Sakurai because of the horrible things he comes out with in a post-match promos. But the resilience and fortitude and fighting spirit that she showed in this match, you know, that's the sort of stuff that gets you over. I mean, I can't think of many people that have kicked out of the Miramare Shock. In fact, I, did Saya Kamatani kick out of one? I want to say so. I mean, that, to me, that's Mariah's best match uh, ever, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I think that she did. I got to go back and watch that because that whole entire run was absolutely fantastic. And it's not, obviously, it's not over yet. But I, I want to say that she did. And I want to say maybe somebody from somebody in the five-star might have. Maybe did Julia kick out of it? But I don't know. But then again, she beat Julia. That was the second night of the tournament. So, yeah. But the fact that she, she kicked out of it twice, and she got, I think she got out of the double wrist lock. And she took 84 clotheslines. And it took Mariah. Did, yeah. yeah. And then it took Mariah going to the Starlight Kid playbook to, to get the <laughs> victory. <laughs> Breaks out the Canadian destroyer. Mm. Um, but overall, it was it was a good showing for May Sakurai. The fact that Mariah had to resort to something completely different to actually put her away, I think, was a really, really good story beat for her. Um, where she goes from here, I don't know. Um, she's sort of another middle-of-the-road wrestler. She's certainly not ready, in my opinion, to be challenging for white belt and certainly not red belt. Tag team championships, goddess. <gasps> Pardon me of starting championships, maybe. I mean, I think she's already challenged once with Julia, so that could be potentially where we go. That could be potentially the next step for May Sakurai on this journey. The future of stardom championship, maybe. I mean, I could very much see her being the person that dethrones Rina, for example. I know she's already um, taken on Amisori and lost, but um, there needs to be something that happens. Getting to the Cinderella final, of course, is a huge feather in her cap, so congratulations to Mei Sakurai. In terms of Mirai, there's been a lot of sort of talk that New Japan was a massive reason for Mirai getting into wrestling, and that for that reason she will want to challenge for the IWGP Women's Championship. I don't know how people feel about that if it was me. Um, and Karen Peterson's actually noted this, and it's a point I agree with. I would much rather them challenge for a stardom belt. Um, I mean, back at Flashing Champions, you've already mentioned it, Matt Mariah put on an absolute banger with Saya Kamatani in a losing effort after she won the Cinderella last year. So she has got unfinished business. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if Sayakamitani retains, Mirai comes out and says, I won the Cinderella, challenged you and you beat me last time. You are not going to beat me this time. Um, it's it's a nice, simple story, and it sort of vindicates Mirai winning back-to-back tournaments. What do you think? Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility. It's like we're all, I mean, we're, like I said before, regardless of what belt she challenges for, and I, I understand Karen's sentiment, you want to start him tournament. You want to start, you want to challenge for a stardom championship. So again, no matter which belt she chooses to go for, no matter who's holding those belts um, coming out of uh, this big Yokohama show, and who's even to say, maybe she'll challenge in November, you know, I mean, that's, you know, maybe she'll hold on to her wish as long as, as long as she needs to. So maybe a Suzuki's a champion, you know, at that, or maybe it's a starlight kid. So who knows where they go from there, but regardless, I'm intrigued. It's Mirai. It's a big singles match. It's going to be for one of the two big, or maybe, you know, again, if she does go IWGP, regardless of any, whatever belt that she challenges for, it's going to be a fantastic match. Yeah, absolutely. And no disrespect to Mariah whatsoever. I can certainly see her winning the white belt. I don't see her winning the IWGP belt simply because they want that to be a worldwide belt. And whilst they are establishing it worldwide, I don't feel like Mariah is enough of a name at the moment to go to the likes of America or wherever or Britain to defend that belt and to draw money and to draw people in. Whereas Mercedes Monet or even Mayu is a bigger name and a name that people know. I think given time, Mariah could certainly get there. She's fantastic, but she's certainly nowhere near that level yet, in my humble opinion. Um, What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't don't think she has like really the worldwide charisma that a Kyrie, that a Maidu, yeah. that a Tam, that a, yeah, like, like that, like that. And at least not yet, obviously. I mean, look where she was last year to this year. So, I mean, it, it could come. I mean, look what Julia had that had a little bit, had a good a majority of that charisma when she first came into stardom and from where she started in 2020 to where she is now. I mean, it's just, it's just loads. I mean, she's clearly the big star of the company and that very well can come to Mirai. So, I mean, uh, we shall, we shall see, sir. We shall see. And then finally, we've got Himika's final Donna Del Mondo tag match and a Yokohama Arena preview match and a stipulation that if Cosmic Angels lose, then they must disband. And it's a two out of three falls eight-woman tag match. Good God, I felt like uh, felt like Excalibur then. Um, so we had the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Himika, um, Micah and Tekla defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa, and Saki 2-1 to falls to one with Mike getting the decisive pinfall with the Michinoku driver 2 over Natsupoi in 14 minutes and 43 seconds. Just a quick breakdown of the falls. Julia got the first fall for Donna Del Mondo, um, pinning Tam after a brain buster with, in 7 minutes and 12 seconds um and then we had tam nakano returning the favor defeating julia at 10 minutes and six seconds with the violet screwdriver and then the aforementioned micah pinning natsupoi um there's lots of things to talk about here matt and that's before we get into the post-match um i tam is giving me very Mayu Iwatani mid-2021 vibes. And what I mean by that is Mayu Iwatani in 2021 
was emotionally throwing herself headlong into this feud with Awaditai and agreeing to stipulations that she didn't really have the right to agree with and it ultimately cost her um Starlight Kid and then to a lesser extent go King Death. Um but making those rash emotion filled decisions ended up losing her a best friend. And I feel at the moment that Tam's hatred, fiery, visceral hatred of Julia is causing her to make rash mistakes. Now, Julia, angry as she is 95% of the time, she is far better at controlling her emotion. Whereas Tam very much strikes me as a heart-on-the-sleeve kind of person. And that heart-on-the-sleeve mantra, that anger, that again, that visceral hatred has led to her agreeing to this match. And ultimately, you know, Cosmic Angels is the thing that mean the most to Tam. It's the first time she's felt real acceptance. Um, obviously, she was she ended up being ousted from a Weratai um, because of losing that match, that gauntlet tag in 2018. She then felt alienated from stars when... Um, Arissa came back and then all that jazz. So she broke off and created Cosmic Angels with Mina um, and Yunagi. And then, you know, she was happy, visibly happy. And then ultimately, she's lost Cosmic Angels because of her emotional pursuit of Julia. And I love the fact that going into Yokohama. Tam has lost so much because of her hatred of Julia. Yeah, I see your point. Before I get into that, my friend, I want to hit the rewind button just a little bit. The one thing I do not like doing, good sir, is correcting you on this podcast. But I think uh, in terms of this match, I kind of have to. You talked about what the first two falls of the match were. Uh, You got the moves around. Julia pinned Tam with the Northern Lights bomb. Not the brain buster. Oh my gosh, and, yes, you did. And Tam pinned Julia with a Twilight Dream, not the violent screwdriver. What am I and doing? The re- and the reason why, I just want to point that out, why that is so means so much, is the last time Julia and Tam wrestled was the five-star finals. And Rob, what did Julia beat Tam with? The Northern Lights bomb. When Tam, in her only singles victory over Julia at Budokan in 2021, when she beat her for the white belt... What move did Tam beat Julia with? Um, the Stone Cold Stunner, I believe. Oh, <laughs> that was awesome. So Twilight, <laughs> for those of you playing at home, it was the Twilight Dream. So I thought it was really cool that they had to use their last moves that they pinned each other with. I thought that was a nice little throwback to last year's Five Star and the Hair vs. Hair match at Budokan. So just wanted to point that out, good sir. Um yeah, you're absolutely right. It just seems like Julia's really, really in the heads of Tam, and Tam is kind of making hothead rat rash the shiz, and, and it's almost like Julia's playing mind games with her biggest rival, and she's one-upping her at pretty much almost at every level. Other than Julia, I mean, Tam winds up cutting Julia's hair and then cuts a fiery promo, where clearly Julia's just like, even though you dropped me on my head and cut your cut my hair, clearly I'm in your head because you're 
doing these crazy promos. You're accidentally kicking your tag partner and not support. Like you're just you're you're the, the cosmic angels unit is just spanning underneath you. And now, how are you going to go into the biggest show in company's history in the main event, main eventing over the dream match that is Mercedes versus Mayu for the richest prize in stardom? How can you go into that match with me, the best wrestler in the company that holds the red belt, the world of stardom championship? How are you going to go into that completely focused? So that's a really cool dynamic going into uh, into this match, but uh, going into Yokohama. But as far as this match goes, uh, the two out, this two out of three falls match that we're we're talking about, I thought this was by far the best match on the show. Had so much emotion. Again, you had Tam and Julia, which was the main part of the match. But as the match was building, good towards the end, I thought uh, Himika and. Um, Natsupoy were absolutely fantastic here. I thought Mina did a great job. I thought Mina was going to turn. I was like, oh, that's how th- this what's going to happen. She's going to turn and cost Tam this match. She didn't, but I thought like she was there. I thought Are you that or she was like going to play the role. Like, I'm not going to care. I'm only going to give it 50%. I don't care if Tam loses. I got my own thing going on. I got a white belt shot going on here in Yokohama. I can care less if she loses. But Mina put her entire heart in, into that match, just knowing how much uh, beating Julian, beating DDM Matt, meant to Tam at that point in time. And uh, they just did not get the job done. But again, uh, I thought it was great job with Tam. I, I think that's Julia's first singles loss since the five-star, our first loss at all. I don't think she's been pinned since the five-star. Um, well, and rightfully so. I mean, she wins the five-star. You're not going to have her eat any any losses. Um, you know, either getting pinned, either getting your shoulders pinned to the mat or getting... Uh, submitted or tapped out going into that match against Sherry. So I thought that's something else too, that we kind of look into is that Tam was the first person in, I don't know, six, seven months to pin Julia's shoulders to the mat. But ultimately um, this caused a lot of dissensions for cosmic angels. So uh, yeah, we'll see what, what goes on from there. I did love the fact as well, that it was Nat Zapoy that ate the decisive fall, the one that turned on Donna Del Mondo to join cosmic angels in the first place. And, she was at full really for uh, for the loss um post match after all of this and the dawning realization that oh my god cosmic angels it's coming to an end um julie basically turned around and said i don't care if cosmic angels breaks up or stays together that's none of my business so after all that um tam then shouts cosmic angels isn't going anywhere and so oh, oh okay then fair enough what was that point in that? And it turns out the point in that was because we have some major, major, major reshuffling. Um, Mina Shirakawa said, and again, all of these English translations are coming from Karen Pearson's post-wrestling review. Um, Today I'm quitting, Cosmic Angels. You replaced me with Natsupoy. So in that period, I surrounded myself with the girls in Club Venus. I loved being part of Cosmic Angels and at your side, but it's now time for me to go my own way. So we sort of assumed that Mina was going to be leaving. We knew that her time in Cosmic Angels was going to be short as soon as she re-debuted or came back from injury with uh, Zia Brookside and Mariah May in tow right at the start of the year. So that was relatively inevitable. Um, And I do like the parallels um, with Mina and Tam, you know... Tam felt replaced when Mayu bore Rissa back, and now Mina feels replaced by Natsupoy. So there's quite a nice parallel in uh, 
between Mina and Tam here. But that's not all. That's not all. Um, then, basically, Wakasuki Armor turns around and says, I love Cosmic Angels, but I've got to get, I got to where I am because of everyone here. No matter what, I'll always love you, Tam. However, thank you for everything up until now. And turns and leaves. Leaves with Mina, um, who has offered her the choice to join Club Venus, and does to everyone surprised. Um, it was really quite a shock to see Wacker turn here, or not turn, but join Club Venus here. We knew she would, but to do it here felt like a real kick in the teeth. I didn't know Wacker was capable of, Matt. Yeah, it almost seemed like, again, I was watching this uh, live as it was happening, and it just seemed like Mina and Tam were shoulder to shoulder after Mina said, thank you forever, and very emotional. I mean, Tam's crying, Mina's crying. So I was like, let's bring Waka into this, because we need more tears. Um, and then they, it was like they were shoulder to shoulder, and was like, Mina, you need to make a choice. Uh, these, that's where, you know, as I was watching this live, that's where I was like, wow, unbelievable. And then uh, Waka walks out with Mina. And at that point, I had to leave because um, I had to jet out to New Jersey because I was uh, at Catch Wrestling Camp. And then I found out later on that day that uh, that wasn't the end of this craziness. So you had this crazy match, crazy finish, great match. I gave it four and a quarter stars. Best match of the pay-per-view, best match of the show. Properly should have main-evented it as, as well as it did. So much emotion. You have this post-match angle with Mina leaving Cosmic Angels and then taking Waka with her. And then... Uh, from what I understand, Rob, that uh, Cosmic Angels was tore down and then kind of brought back up all within one segment. Yeah, um, on top of that, uh, Sayori Anu appeared at ringside. Um, uh, she, of course, will be a part of the team restart at Yokohama Arena with Kyrie and Natsupoi, and they'll be taking on uh, prominence in preparation for the Artist of Stardom belt. Um, she appears and basically says to Tam and Natsupoy and Saki, can I be of assistance? And joins Cosmic Angels. So what started as a devastating segment has a little bit of silver lining, Matt. Yeah, not only that, but I talked about, um, especially towards the end of the Triangle Derby, that I know Saki's like kind of an outsider, like an she's official. She's like part of Cosmic Angels, but basically more with colors. The way I looked at it, like from that final shot with the four of them, it looked like Saki's going to be doing more stuff with Stardom and more stuff with Cosmic Angels. And I think she's the perfect role player in her position in Cosmic Angels. So to me, it seems like the new group of Cosmic Angels is is the four of them. And if uh, Soria knew who we, we know, you know, she's Kyrie's mystery uh, partner for the um, artist match with prominence coming up this weekend. So we weren't sure if she was signed to stardom full time, but if she's going to come in on this big angle and be part of one of the most popular groups in stardom and basically offer her assistance to me, I, that shows me that she probably can do some freelance dates, but her main thing is going to be stardom as with Saki as well. So if that's what we're getting out of this, is uh, more stardom matches for Saki and Soria New. I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not entirely sure of Soria New's contract status. I mean, I'm under the impression that she's signed to a deal, but again, I could be wrong. Uh, I need to. Oh my god, I've got hiccups. Um, I feel like I need to look into that a little bit more. But 
it is certainly boosting the numbers and she's a real talent, Zorino. Now, I don't feel like I know a great deal about her. However, um, at Glorious Royals, Josie Jams on Twitter put up a thread called An Introduction to Siori Anu. It's a fantastic thread, really, really informative about her moveset, her background, um, and the connection to Natsupoi and Tam from the time in Act Res Girls, and the little bit of tension between Natsupoi and um, Siori Anu. So if you don't already know about Siori, like I didn't, I actively encourage you to go to Josie Jam's Twitter page at Glorious Royals and it gives you a full breakdown of who she is and where she might possibly fit in on a stardom roster. So that's something I actively encourage you to check out. So uh, definitely do. Um, Now, Matt, I feel like (laughs) we probably should talk about this huge pay-per-view we've got on the horizon, the Yokohama <laughs> Arena show. What do you think? Absolutely. And Rob, me being the uh, above-average co-host I am, would you <laughs> like to win m- more drinks from me, sir? Always, Matt. Always. Okay. So if you've been, if anybody, if you anybody's been following along, we do these random bets on the show where it's just like, well, if this happens, I owe you a drink. If this happens, I owe you a drink. So um, I guess we may as well put it out. There's a very, very good chance that, uh, and if I'm wrong, Rob, please let me know. There's a very, very good chance that one Mr. Rob Goodwin is going to be coming over to the States about this time next year for WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania is in Philadelphia, about 90 minutes away or so from me. So uh, we, me and him are kind of going to go back and forth about some certain opportunities we're going to try to create for ourselves. And uh, Rob pretty much told me that he was in. So uh, also, I had one of my really good friends um, that will be joining us by the name of Paul. Paul, hello. I know that you listen to the show quite often, even though he doesn't watch Stardom, which is kind of wild. But he did say that, uh, hey, if Rob is coming over, uh, tell him that he's got a year to get his liver ready. So uh, <laughs> anywho, um, so here's how this is going to go. That is the single <laughs> most terrifying threat I've ever you're, heard. You're, you're going to be fine. We, we, it's not like that. We, we, my friends are very much like me. We're a, a fun, fun time. You want to drink water or juice or you the entire time, you're more than welcome to, sir. So <laughs> anywho, so here's how this is going to go. Obviously, we will not know these answers until uh, the end of the show on Sunday. So I'm going to give you an under over. And uh, you tell me if it's going to be under or over. For everyone you get right, I owe you a uh, another drink. Okay. The attendance of this show, I have at 4,500. Under or over? Oh, God. Um, like, just under. Oh, he's going under. Okay, we briefed this, I think, a show or two ago. So if we combine our star ratings, um, so if we can, whatever you have and I have, if we add them up, so we're going to gun at eight and a quarter. Mm -hmm. I have six at eight and a quarter under or over. I'm just counting them now. One, two, three, four. (laughs) I've got the same. You're gonna you're gonna stick at six. I'm gonna stick. At, gonna... I'm gonna stick at six. But if anything, it'll be over. 
Okay, so I have to give you the over because then the house wins. Okay, and that, that, that's why I did this next one. Yeah. I was That's why I did this next one. So this next one is two and a half title changes. So you have to take it under or over. <laughs> two and a half, okay. Um, yeah, so now you, ha- you have to take it under or over. <laughs> oh, God. Um, under. under. Okay. Now, this is including the, uh, the Stardom Rumble. Oh, Jesus Christ. N- this is an easy one. I put this one to Amber, and she's just like, "Isn't there a rumble?" This is clearly it's the biggest show ever. Okay. My wife thinks this is a clear. This is a, this is easy. It's, this one's going to be an over. Do we see ten new sets of gear? Meaning we have again. This is oh, this over. is definitely. Yeah. See. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's all I have now. Here's some, now. If you get these wrong, you don't lose any. This is just bonus for you. Now, speaking of bonus, I'm also going to bonus you in the rumble. If we have any former stardom champions that come out in the rumble okay. you get a drink meaning a yoko Bido, a yuzuki ayakawa no one that's currently signed to a stardom contract not only that because i want to see arisha hoshinki so much on this show if she shows up anywhere on the show whether it's a uh, promo whether it's on the show or whether before the white belt they just show all the white belt champions and they show her throwing you know the shining impact then that's an automatic two drinks for you sir so there is a uh, quite a bit of opportunity here for you my friend to to uh, enjoy some uh, adult beverages on one Matt Turner next year. So Christ, I'm not going to be able to walk. <laughs> you, you, can, you can carry them over, carry them over when I come to visit, or whether when we uh, eventually go to Japan to cover a show, which that is obviously the goal. So if uh, if we owe, if I owe you fifty and you only get forty eight, then you can carry the two over. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two nights of mania, mate. I might need them. You don't know. <laughs> it might be longer than that, depending on depending on what. What else we have going on that weekend? But anywho, <laughs> all right, friend, I am ready. Let me pull up my email with one Miss Karen Peterson's uh, picks. I'm ready when you are, sir, to get into the main crux of this show two hours into this podcast. Well, yeah, <laughs> we are just about to hit two hours, I believe. In fact, we are over two hours, two hours and one minute. We're just about to start our preview. Can't get any better than that. So we're going to start with the Yokohama Rumble. Obviously, we only know momo nakanishi um who is going to be in that rumble at the moment there are some notable names that aren't currently in on the pay-per-view anywhere people like hannon isn't on there say reader isn't on there um if you had to come up with i mean i feel like you've already said like you think yuzuki aikawa is probably going to turn up i completely agree with you um i'm gonna go miho wakizawa i feel like she will probably turn up um if Kikitaro turns up, I feel like everyone downs a drink. Um whether you're watching or not, doesn't matter. Um who else do you think will turn up? Do you think we see Yunagi? I think Yunagi, uh what about Aja Kong? I mean this Ooh. it is it, it this is Yoka and I've been doing some uh just trying to go back and get more familiar with the nineties all Japan women and really getting in the crux of like golden age Joshi. Obviously, Yokohama Arena was those two Dream Slam shows. So, what's the possibility we see a Miami Toyota or uh, uh, Akira Hokuto? You know, I would absolutely go nuts. Um, I'm glad they've only officially announced one person. Yeah, you'll see a Saida, you'll see a Hana, you'll probably see a, a strong machine in there. Um, you know, one uh, of the uh, many. maybe, <laughs> yeah, one of the many. And again, we don't know. Did they announce how many people? Is this 20 or they just they didn't even make an announcement? No, it, it doesn't seem to be a standard number. Like there's been 15 before, there's 21. I think there was 25 at Budokan. I could be wrong. Um, 
it, it, it literally does depend, I imagine, on how many people you can actually get into it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm glad they've only announced because it's this is basically just a bonus. It's like, who's going to come out next? Oh, we get a Unagi. That's great. Uh, you know, oh, we all love Hannah. We all love Saito. Oh, you know, what if Aja Kong does show up? So I think it's, you know, or we get some of these past legends from uh, from all Japan women's or something like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, and, and I think this will probably start off the show as well. So this will be a really good way to start it. But um yeah, I mean, as far as uh, who do I think is going to win? Is this the is this the time where I get my pick, Rob? This is the time when you get your pick, my friend. This is obviously the biggest show in stardom history. This may go down as one of the greatest wrestling shows start to finish that I that these eyes have ever seen. I think you would be doing a disservice if you do not play Hand and Steam twice. <laughs> considering the fact that I, ha- I had no idea what I was doing when I was picking the Cinderella tournament. That is my reason and my reason alone. Well, the fact that she's fantastic. That is my main reason why I'm picking Hanan to win this, uh, this rumble. We get to hear her theme twice. One Miss Karen Peterson has super strong starter machine <laughs> winning the rumble. <laughs> <laughs> who, who won the Budokan? Oh, Yunagi won the Budokan one, didn't she? Um, yes. It could be someone like Arena. Um, I am going to go. Do you know what? I'm going to go right out of left field. Oh, or do I go Sayurida? I feel like I've backed Sayurida a lot during this. If I pick Sayurida, can I also have her rumoured alter ego super strong starter machine? Only if you promise to release at least one book this calendar year, Rob. I I promise <laughs> no such thing. No, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to go Sayurida. I was thinking maybe Lady C. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Sayurida. Um Match one then on the actual full main card is the tag team match: the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Aishishita and Miyu Amasaki taking on Hazuki and social media's own Fua Chan. Um, now I will be perfectly honest. I knew, and st- to be fair, still know very, very little about Fua Chan. But I did a little bit of research. Um, she's a freelance entertainer, basically a YouTuber that concentrates mostly on comedy, um, sort of fitness, travel, that sort of thing. Um, she has over 1 million subscribers on YouTube. Um, she is at over 700 million views as well. So she's a big deal in terms of um influencing and being a YouTube personality and things like that. Of course she was trained by Hazuki, uh made her debut in 2022. Um so I would be surprised if her and Hazuki don't win because the amount of eyes that Fuwa-chan might bring, um, I feel like she's not the one that's going to be eating the pin. Um, she was very, very complimentary of Yutami and Miyu Amasaki in the press conference, um, but I also don't see Hazuki taking a pin for at all. I feel like it'll be Miyu Amasaki that's taking the pin for, if anyone. Um, but an interesting stat, Hazuki has got an 0-1 record against Utami in singles matches, but has a staggering 18-8 to 8 
winning ratio against her in multi-women matches. So she's definitely got the advantage when it comes to tag matches. And that includes both tag matches in last year in the tag league just gone and in the inaugural triangle derby. So I would argue Hazuki definitely has the uh, the edge over the former Red Belt champion. And that is why, alongside the fact that there's not a chance Fuwa-chan is being pinned on this show, uh, I'm going for Hazuki and Fuwa-chan to win. Um, I... Totally, I see your totally see your point here, my friend, and totally agree with you. I think Miyu Amasaki is definitely eating the pinfall. Um, Karen Karen has Hazuki uh, and Fuachan getting the win with Fuachan pinning Miyu Amasaki. Mm-hmm. But considering the fact that this match is going to be one of the most tuned in matches on this loaded show, uh, just because of the uh, celebrity status that is Fuachan, and you add in the mix of just how much Miyu Amasaki has improved over this last month. I think you let Fua do what she needs to do, let Miyu needs to do what she needs to do, and kind of really build this match around the two big stars of the match, uh, Hazuki and Utami. And just let it, you know, again, put Fu, Fu, the, um, the majority of the eyes are outside, the outside eyes of outside wrestling and stardom are going to be because Fua Chan is in here. Let her do what she needs to do, get her spots, but just let Utami and Hazuki do what they need to do and kind of steal the show and just be like, wow, those two were fantastic. I want to watch more stardom. I want to more watch more matches with the two of them. I think Hazuki gets the pinfall here, considering the fact that there is another pay-per-view coming up um, May 4th, which I believe is in Hazuki's hometown. It is. I fully, I fully expect for stardom, again, they're going to have more eyes on this show, not only in the stands, but on pay-per-view. And then the next week when this airs on Stardom World, more eyes on this show than ever in the history of the company. I think that stardom needs to take full advantage and by the end of the show have two matches, you know, one or two matches already booked and ready to go for that show. So I think Kazuki gets the pinfall here. And then after either the white belt match or the red belt match, she makes her challenge for one of those championships at her hometown in May. So, uh, Long way of saying it. Yes, all three of us agree. Hazuki and Fuachan are getting the win here. <laughs> What's a long way? Um, match two, eight woman tag team match. I feel like this is probably the only real, again, no disrespect, throwaway match on the card. There isn't really any story behind it. Um, so you've got Club Venus, Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse, and then of course Tekla as well, who is tagged on the end um, against the Oedetai team of Natsuki, Torasaki, Kashima, Momo, Watanabe, and Ruaka. Tekla is about as opposite to Club Venus as you can possibly get, which is hilarious. Um, if you've seen the press conference um, interaction between Tekla, Moraime, and Zena, it's very, very funny. I feel like Tekla is a very, very good deadpan to the over-the-top Mean Girls thing that Zena and Mariah May are doing. Um, I don't think Club Venus take the pinfall here. Um, I think the reason that Tekla, and this is quite sad, but I feel like the reason that Tekla, amongst other things, has been put into this match is so that she can eat the pinfall. Um, Because that way, Club Venus still look relatively strong. Tekla, it doesn't really bother her because she's not part of Club Venus anyway. Um, And Awedatai are a cohesive unit. So I see... Um, Awaratai taking the pinfall here. And let's say Saki Kashima pinning Tackler. Rob, I agree with you. Um, we I mentioned earlier in the show that it looks like they're kind of 
doing a little mini feud with Tekla and Club Venus. I think Tekla eats the fall here, and, and then Club Venus either blame her or they cause the fall. But because I totally see your point with Saki Cashman getting the pin, but because this is the biggest show in stardom history, let Momo Watanabe get the pinfall here. That's all I'm saying. But I agree with you on that one. I have a widow tie uh, winning this one. However, one Miss Karen Peterson disagrees with us as she has Tekla and Club Venus defeating a widow tie. Oh, what does she know? Um... <laughs> I hope we get it right, and then we're going to brag next week. Like, what do oh, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. After... We're, we're, we're writing Pro Wrestling Illustrated's top uh, 150 <laughs> women next year, not you. <laughs> we guessed a random eight-woman tag on the undercard, right? You got every other match wrong, Rob. Doesn't matter. I got the eight-woman tag match right. Quit changing the subject. <laughs> Uh, match three then is the high speed exhibition tag team match with Azumi and Mei Suruga taking on Starlight Kid and the former Mei Hoshizuki that is now Mei Seira. Um, Matt, who do you have and why? This is a tough one for me to pick because um, obviously you have to figure out what you're doing with uh, Azumi after this. And Azumi is just coming off a match where she absolutely stole the show and had a lot of eyes on her, uh, the match with Mercedes Monet at the Secure Genesis show. However, I'm going to say Starlight Kid and May Sierra win, and then May Sierra uh, challenges Azumi for the high-speed championship. Um, Karen Peterson disagrees with me. She has uh, May Siruga and Azumi taking the fall. Or, I'm sorry, not taking the fall, but winning. But again, this for me, this is a coin flip. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's of... I don't think either team loses much from losing. I'm going to go for Azumi and Mei Suruga simply because it's a huge pay-per-view. You want to showcase your champions if they're not already in a big match. Um, I feel like this is going to be given 10 minutes. It's going to be absolute chaos. And you're going to see Azumi pin Mei Seira. Um, just again, to get people talking about just how damn good Azumi is. Um, again, we're going to see a little face-offs between Azumi and Starlight Kid, which is undoubtedly going to happen undoubtedly going to get people talking because of their two fantastic matches that they've had recently um but yeah i'm firmly plumping for azumi to pin mesera probably with the azumi sushi um we then have the himika retirement match and matt i honestly do not think that i am emotionally ready for this um the fact that the jumbo princess is retiring after only five years in the business, is really quite sad. You know, obviously she wants to. She's got no regrets. Um, she was part of this lauded golden generation. She's a goddess of stardom champion. She's an artist of stardom champion. She got to the five-star final in 2020. She's a Cinderella tournament semi-finalist. So she's had a very, very, very successful career. She's just missing that singles title. But again, she's retired. No regrets. Um, This is going to be emotionally charged as she's facing her best friend, her hand-picked opponent for her final retirement match. Um... I don't think there's any way Himika wins this. Don't get me wrong. I think Maika is winning this. But either way, I doubt there will be a dry eye in the house as Himika gets up after what will undoubtedly be the Michinoku driver. And they both hug in floods of tears in the middle of the ring. Good God. 
I'm crying thinking about it. Yeah, I can hear you're breaking your voice. Calm down, partner, because then after this match, after this match, we have violence, violence, a dream match, and more violence. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, geez, I mean, geez, what again? What a card! Uh, if this is anywhere near as good as their uh, five star match, I think oh, I had five that. Five star match was great. I think I had like four and a half or four and three fourth stars, and I'm really glad that I really don't have two other than taking my sister in law out for her 40th birthday dinner. That's not until Saturday night. I really don't have too much going on friday and saturday so i'm going to try to go back and watch uh you know that match and uh from the five star as well as some of the uh, mina versus saya matches to kind of get the spots back in my head you uh before when i asked karen if she can email me her um her predictions she literally has this predicted exactly how i have i'm but she doesn't really give a definite pick she has micah defeats him or, or it's a draw and I figured if one match on this card is going to be a draw, it's probably this one or maybe the, and I just said one match or the Shiri Hashibono <laughs> match. But I'm like, but I didn't even realize until I was reading this at about 20 minutes before we went, you know, we started recording. I'm like, well, Karen, you need to pick one, but I'm going to pick Micah. Um, and I don't know what Karen's pick is here. Micah defeats him or it's a draw. So yeah, you pick two out of the three ones. So. I hope Himika wins so she's wrong on two fronts. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, we love <laughs> we love Karen. Ah, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Mike is going to get the win here. I don't I don't think this will be a draw just because their five star match was a draw. So, um, you know what though, if Himika wins here, I mean, majority times when you lose, you go out on your back. But it really wouldn't be that much of a detriment if like they give her the win on her way out over Mike. It doesn't do anything to really hurt Mike. It wouldn't be that much of a head scratcher. Um, but yeah, Micah wins here. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be hard hitting considering the fact that again, you know, we talk about this every week for the past, how many weeks that Himika is just unloading the gas tank at each and every match on this final retirement tour and putting on banger after banger after banger. What is she going to do in the ring in front of probably the most amount of people she's ever wrestled in front of the biggest show in the history of the company against her best friend you know she's really really gonna put it out there oh by the way micah who's been great for a long time she's been really really good this last six months so uh i think this is one of the ones that definitely tips the scales at well over four stars for us so um yeah again micah beats himica but wow yeah it's gonna be a banger my friend yeah micah's certainly turned it up in the last couple of months and i didn't think that was possible um Moving on to the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. Seven Up, Nene Tagashi, and you, the champions, taking on the new eras, Mirai and Amitsuri. Um, now, this could be very, very interesting um, because they have a v- relatively equal record. Um, in the 2022 Goddess of Stardom Tag League, the two teams went to a time limit draw. Um, and then in the Triangle Derby, where obviously 7-Up were teaming with Yuna Mizumori and uh, God's Eye were teaming with Suri, um, they won one match each. Of course, God's Eye winning the semi-final match. So they are relatively um, on par with each other. However, who do you think wins this, Matt? One of the many things I love about Sardom is they don't do 50-50 booking. Um, once they get somebody hot, they go with it. Mirai obviously has just won back-to-back Cinderella tournaments. We spent a lot of this podcast talking about Mirai and good reason. Um, Ami Sori, who's fantastic as well, made it to the semifinals of that tournament. So it's like she got a push in that tournament as well. And uh, we don't know what really what Mirai, again, what belt she's going to challenge for. 
But right now, right now, excuse me, Mirai and Amisori are red, red hot. So that would tell me that they're winning the they're going to win this match. However, when it comes to the booking of seven up, they do things completely uh 180. Uh they completely 180 us, as I think Nanai Takahashi has some sort of uh spell over <laughs> Rasi Ogawa. But to be honest with you, buddy, this is another match. There's so many matches on this card that I, I don't know. Like I really and this is one that I'm really, really not sure of. But because I think Mariah is going to get a get big singles push towards a singles championship coming up here in the late spring, early summer, I think it's going to be seven up. And I think they're going to drop the belts to either Meltier or Aphrodite soon. So I'm picking seven up again. Really not sure with this one. Karen Peterson went the opposite way. She thinks we're going to crown new tag team champions in the new eras. I can see where she's coming from. However, if the white belt picture goes as I anticipate. And don't get me wrong, Stardom, I'm not afraid of putting two belts on one person. Um, I just feel... I feel like Amisori can take the pinfall here. I mean, obviously, there is heat between these two teams. We saw that in the triangle derby in the block match. Um, I'm going to say 7-up. I think Amisori takes the pin. I feel like it's going to be a very heavy-hitting match. I cannot wait to see Nene and Mirai mix it up. They are going to chop the ever-loving Jesus out of each other. That's going to be great. Um, but yes, I I do think it's going to be uh, I do think it's going to be seven up. Um, and then I'm going to have, well, no, we'll talk about the white belt picture in a moment. Um, Artist of Stardom Championship next. Uh, Prominence, the championship team, are taking on Restart, Kairi, Seorianu, and Natsupoi. Matt, who do you have and why? I have Prominence winning this one, but at the same time, do you really beat Seorianu on her kind of re-debut match and basically Kyrie reforming this kind of side faction and you have Kyrie obviously if if uh, any of these late if uh, prominence does win I think everybody's in agreement that Natsupoy takes the pinfall here but I would not be shocked to see Restart win the artist belts here um, I think it would be a nice little rub for Kyrie nice little rub for uh, Natsupoy and of course Soria New you basically have two or three two of the three members of Cosmic Angels so Kyrie I guess maybe is an honorary member of Cosmic Angels maybe he will be a collaboration on the Meltier 2 uh, CD. <laughs> Stay tuned for more on that. But uh, again, this is going to be a great match just to see uh, Kyrie and Suzu, really all three members of prominence, but really Kyrie and Suzu Suzuki mix it up. I'm really, really intrigued. Um, Karen Peterson agrees with me. She has prominence as well. Again, I have prominence, but I would not be shocked to see um, Kyrie, uh, uh, Natsupoy, and Soria New take the belts here but again this should be just another uh fantastic fantastic match on this already loaded card i'm gonna go restart um Ooh. new faction Surya new brand new they bought her in lots of hype around it um she's just joined cosmic angels who were in bits until she joined um Yes, you could argue that Natsupoi takes the fall, but you could also argue that for uh, Karumi. So I feel like this one is a coin flip. Um, you know, Prominence have defended the belts twice, um, which seems to be the average for uh, Artist of Stardom champions. Um, I don't feel like they lose anything from losing this match on the biggest pay-per-view in Stardom history. Um, 
I feel like Suzu Suzuki is going to be the star, as is, you know, the case quite a lot of the time for prominence. Um, but I do look forward to seeing some of the matchups that this match is going to throw up. And I feel like, again, Stardom do need props for rehabilitating the artist of Stardom Championships. And I've mentioned before, when I started watching Stardom, no one gave a single hoot about those championships. But now, you know, they seem to be progressively heated up, probably since um, the Cosmic Angels reign back in 2021. So, yeah, good job on that. I think this is going to be fantastic. This is one of those matches I feel like is going to reach four stars. Um, I, You know, you look at the talent involved, I don't feel like there's any way it can't be. Um, but yeah. I'm going restart. Um, singles match then. Um, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Suri. The culmination of this mini feud between Suri and Chihiro Hashimoto. Hashimoto has already deposited Mirai and Himika on her quest to face Suri. Um, and here we are. Um, oh, this match could be interesting. Um, I am a huge Hashimoto fan. From the limited amount of thing of matches I've seen of hers, I've seen none of her stuff from Sendai Girls. I know she's a five times uh, Sendai Girl World Champion, but even so, I haven't seen a lot of it. I'd like to see more though because she's fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna go for the Stardom Special, the time limit draw. Wow. Well, we we have a new thing on this show, Rob. Obviously, the Stardom Special's time limit draw. Mm -hmm. Karen has Sherry defeats Hashimoto or a draw. So from here on out, we will call it the Karen Special. Anytime we do a prediction and we pick, <laughs> predict a winner or a draw, because that's who she has. Sherry, and I totally see that because I know that you, I was all, when they were building this matchup a few months ago, I'm like, okay, clearly they're doing this at Yokohama. They're teasing it. No problem with it. Both of them have the uh, amateur background and the grappling and the hard hitting. This is going to be great. And I, you even pointed out, and I was like, no, Sherry's going to win. It's going to be like a mini feud. You have to put your uh, former red belt champion over on your really big show. And you said, well, what if Hashimoto wins or goes to a draw? And then you can just draw this out, no pun intended, uh, to make you know make a little bit more money and get more eyes um, on, uh, on some Joshi wrestling. And you made a really, really good point. So I can see it going to a draw. But um, just for the sake of the fact that Sherry is Sherry, uh, you know, the women's wrestler of the year last year, the biggest show in the company history, I think you need to make a statement with Sherry getting the win here. I would be shocked if Hashimoto wins. But then again, I shouldn't say that considering the fact of how the Cinderella tournament uh, played out. But yeah, I have Sherry taking the win here. And I think that um, this match with all the fantastic matches and championship matches and dream matches, I would not be shocked that um, when we reviewed this show next week, if this is in our top two or three matches, um, just because it, it, especially for the style that I like, the hard hitting, no nonsense, where it looks like it's a UWF, you know, UWF, UWFI, Pancrase style, like legit fight where there's no holes in anything. You can't see, uh, you know, any uh, any tricks, uh, you know, like the, the magician's tricks uh, in this one. It's going to be hard-hitting and just the, the, you know, no BS, the wrestling that I like. But I think I see Shuri getting the, uh, the win here, maybe by choking Hashimoto out. Maybe it's, like, it's not like a pinfall or a tap out, but maybe she locks in the rear naked choke and she passes out and the ref has to call for the bell. I think that's a good way to keep uh, Hashimoto strong. I think you're right. I think that could work. Um, I like the 
disparity between the styles. You've got the strike-heavy and submission-based offense of Suri. You've got the power game, the unparalleled power game of Hashimoto. I mean, you're looking back to that match against Mariah, and I know Mariah's a very different kettle of fish to Suri, but not many people on the Stardom roster have dominated Mariah in the way that Hashimoto did. So... I feel like she's got a lot of credibility heading into this. Um, if it's a great match, run it back again. Why the hell not? Draw money. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested. Now, I am going to sit on the fence for this one, but I think uh, in Matt Turner's language, the crowd are the winners, aren't they, really? Oh, look at you. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Now, we get into these three main events, because let's be perfectly honest, they are all main events. We have got... Match eight, the IWGP Women's Championship. Mercedes Monet, the champion, taking on Mayu Iwatani. Oh, right. So. He's yelling already, folks. <laughs> I said last week that dependent on Mercedes Monet's dates, you would be daft to take the title off her. Then it came out that Mercedes Monet might be on her way out. And now it seems that Mercedes Monet might be extending her contract. And I'm like, living in Japan full time. Living yeah. in Japan full time. <laughs> it's going to become like, you know, full time stardom roster. Um, <laughs> so then I got to thinking, well, if Mai Wibatani wins it, what else does she have left to fight for? So I was thinking about this. She's a two-time red belt champion, two belt white, two-time white belt champion, two-time Cinderella champion. She's won the five-star Grand Prix. She's won every belt she is eligible to win for. Uh, sorry, to go for. Except one. You've got the icon of stardom. Once she's won the IWGP Women's Championship, she's got nothing else to fight for. So why not make this the long game? Why not have Mayu's last big storyline be her pursuit of this IWGP Women's Championship. Now, I'm people are probably listening to this going, no, you're an idiot, Rob. It's stardom's biggest pay-per-view. You want the icon standing tall at the end. And I completely get that. And that's probably what they're going to do. And you know what? If they do, that's fine by me. I think, especially at the moment, just like they said in the press conference... Mercedes Monet is worldwide. Whereas Mayu Iwatani's name, she's big in Japan. You know, she's got some name recognition in the US. But not in the same way Mercedes Monet has. And while they are establishing the IWGP Women's Championship, leave it on Mercedes Monet. Because Mercedes Monet, as the name suggests, is money. Now, you mentioned about two matches you know, there was one or two matches that could go to a draw. This is the only other one I see even potentially going to a draw. Um, 60 minutes though, Rob. It's IWGP. You think on a show with 11 matches, this is going to go 60 minutes? Matt, it's Rossi Sorry. <laughs> you know how much the hat man loves time limit draws. Um, no, it, in all seriousness, they aren't going to go 60 minutes. It's already an 11 match card. Um, Again, Mayu Iwatani, my favorite wrestler, irrelevant of gender or promotion. But if I'm putting my business hat on, Mercedes Monet stays champion. Again, though, if Mayu wins, I'm happy. I still, this match, give it 20, 22, 23 minutes. 
this has five star classic written all over it. In fact, four and a half stars is the threshold for this match. I don't see a way in which this only gets four and a quarter, four stars or whatever. And again, there are some matches that are uh, victims of their own hype. I mean, think AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura from WrestleMania 34. This, I feel, has the hype, the justified hype, and both women are going to be gunning to knock it out of the park. And you have got two of the best ragdoll sellers in world wrestling, in Mercedes Monet and Mayu Iwatani, who literally bend themselves round corners to make their opponent look good. So I think this will be an absolute barn burner. I think it steals the show. I'm thinking this is a minimum of four and a half stars, Matt. Rob, I agree with you on a few parts. This would be, yeah. yeah, (laughs) I agree with you on some points. (laughs) A majority. Uh, This will definitely be at least four and a half stars. I also agree with you that if Mercedes is signing more dates to stay in Japan, this is not going to be a one-off. This is something where I think you may do a best of three series and then maybe we'll see the blow off at, um, at Dream Queendom. However, I think, and I see, I would not be shocked if Mercedes wins. But the way this match is building, that Mercedes constantly getting the better of Mayu, that Mayu is going to win here. But at the same time, maybe they do run it back. This is going to be because with Mercedes on the card, especially in the uh, the people that I talk to, my friends and people I know in the wrestling business, this is going to be the most watched stardom show, uh, at least from people that I know, because she's on the card. Regardless of whether they pay the $40 for the pay-per-view or they wait and pay the $7, $8 uh, to watch it on World, this is the match that is very, very intriguing uh, in the States, and people are going to be completely blown away by by a lot of things. One, this entire card, and two, just how damn great Mayu Yutani is. I mean... No, I mean, there's very few people that wave the Mayu flag higher than I do. One of the few people that is, is you. So uh, it's nice that I'm on this, uh, uh, that we do this podcast together. And as much as I love Mayu, you like her, love her even just a little bit more. Um, I think Mayu takes it. Again, I would not be shocked if it's Mercedes and they, they do play the long game. They, but I think Mayu wins it. And then maybe Mercedes, they have Mercedes chasing. That's a possibility that they can go with that way. Um with Mayu standing tall, with people saying, you know, Mayu's the icon. She needs to stand tall at the end of the show. This isn't the main event. So it doesn't. she doesn't need to stand tall at the end of the show. Maybe, the you know, it's another pay-per-view somewhere down the road. Um, Karen has Mayu winning for the uh, main fact that she's got a movie to promote. So keep that, that in mind true, as well. Yes. That is true. Uh, keep that in mind as well. So I'm going to take Mayu again. There's a lot of matches on the uh, on this card. I would not be shocked out of these eleven matches if I go two for nine. I would not be shocked <laughs> at all because, and that's one of the great. I mean, even like when, when like Mike and Himika, we talk about it a lot. And I know you know we're making a long long podcast long. When Mike and Himika have red belt matches and pay per views, we're like, all right, we know they're not winning, but damn, they're good matches, and they really are. And they're so good that they make you suspend uh, disbelief for three seconds. When they hit their finisher and it looks like it's going to be a three count with this show, it's just like, I have no idea where this match is going to go. And I'm so intrigued with it. Um, again, this is another one. I'm going to say Mayu wins. Yeah, at least four and a half stars. I think that this is the biggest match in Mayu's career, just based on the belt she's going for, who she's in the ring with, a worldwide star like Mercedes Monet. And I even... Um, uh, tweeted out and again i wrote an article another one poor rob i'm not as if i'm not giving him enough work <laughs> for him to put on the website i i wrote that uh Merce, this is the best person 
that Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks has ever been in the ring with. And that's all. I'm a fan of Charlotte Flair. I love Bianca Belair, Becky Bailey, et cetera. They're all great. But Mayu is on a completely different level. And I think I had a couple people that said, what about EO? She wrestled EO on an NXT, uh, I think it was NXT Great American Bash. I'm like, I, look, I understand that. EO's great. Again, I think she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time. She's my all-time favorite wrestler. She should be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the double titles, yada, yada, yada. But that's NXT EO. Don't get me wrong. NXT EO is fantastic. But we're talking about Stardom Mayu. And the only person, in my opinion, in the history of wrestling that's better than Stardom Mayu is Stardom EO. So this is big on both their shoulders for so many different reasons. Again, Mayu, the biggest match in her career. Um, and, it, and, and she's got a great catalog of great matches. And again, Mercedes, Sasha, she's been in the ring with some fantastic wrestlers, in my opinion. When she steps in the ring with Mayu, she's stepping in the ring with the best person she's ever been in the ring with. And again, that's not a detriment to anybody she's ever been in the ring with. But as I've said before, if you were to, wrestling is subjective, you can like what you like. But if you were to make a top 20 wrestlers list in the last 10 years and you don't put Mayu on that list, you need to be doing your homework better because Mayu is just that damn good. And again, out of the two of us and on the podcast, I like Mayu the least. So <laughs> I just feel like, you know, completely agree with what you're saying, completely see Mayu Iwatani winning. Um, but you said about how Mercedes Bonet has completely won up to Mayu. And you can build that into the story, you know, Mercedes Monet beats her and Mayu starts doubting her own ability. Well, am I never going to get this championship? Like, you know, I'm a Grand Slam champion, but I can't do this. She's the one obstacle I can't overcome. And I feel like that is something that you can do over an 18-month or even just a 12-month run. Um, but again, I can completely see me being wrong and Mayu winning clean. But there we are. Um, match nine, the semi-main as it is. Pardon me, currently on the running order. The Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Saya Kamatani going for a completely inexplicable V16 in a Wonder of Stardom Championship match against Mina Shirakawa. Now, I have been flying the flag for Mina Shirakawa to be the one to take the white belt from Saya Kamatani. Um, from the moment that botched Phoenix Splash, I know you hate that word, Matt, I know it's basically like swearing to you, but from the moment that Phoenix Splash messed up Mina Shirakawa's face and she cut, cut that blistering promo, um, I felt she was the one to dethrone Sayaka Matani. Do I feel like some of the momentum has gone from that challenge? Yes, I do, if I'm being brutally honest. I mentioned it earlier, I'll mention it again. I'm not a big fan of the whole Bloody Angel thing. I don't feel like it needs to be inserted into this feud. Um, I feel like it was perfect as it was. You could build everything on top of that. Sigh again inside her own head in terms of the Phoenix Splash. Um, but that being said, I think Sire retains. Now, the reason I think Saya retains, had somebody else won the Cinderella, I'd have said Mina's taken it. However, and this pains me to say, because I really don't see where Mina goes if she loses, um, having already lost once, 
But I think if Mirai then challenges and loses, having won the Cinderella back-to-back, I feel like that puts her in a worse position. Um, I think Sayakamatani wins. I think she breaks out the Phoenix Splash and she's able to do it this time. Um, and she wins clean. And then Mirai challenges Sayakamatani to avenge that loss from Fukuoka in uh, in May 2022. But again, I... I'm, I would not be surprised if Mina Shirakawa walks out of this as the champion. She's got a brand new faction. Um, obviously, she's a hot commodity at the moment in stardom. We shall see, Matt. I, honestly, this is the one I'm struggling on, but I'm going for Saya. Um, I'm just going to read what Karen wrote. Again, she sent me this oh, about four or five days ago, so a few days before the Cinderella, which is kind of final. It's, fun, it's funny to chuckle at. Mina defeats Sayakamatani. Club Venus prepares to break off from Cosmic Angel. She's right there. And Waka Tsukiyama challenges for the white belt after winning this weekend's Cinderella tournament. So I guess me, you, and Karen all had Waka winning the Cinderella last week. But, oh. uh, whoops. But, um, well, I guess kind of right there because you had, obviously, Mirai won and you have Mirai challenging for the, uh, the white belt. Um, they had, these two had two fantastic matches at the end of last year. They had a phenomenal match in Cork and Hall at the five-star uh, Grand Prix. They had a match that was just as good, if not better, for the Wonder of Stardom champion. Unfortunately, that match is marred by the messed up Phoenix Splash. Again, I tell people, go back and watch it. The psychology, the intensity, the building of that match is great. I gave bo- both matches four and three-fourth stars, and I remember... After the finish of that match happened, because I watched it live, I texted you immediately. And again, knowing that you're five hours ahead, so it was morning time for you, um, that it broke my heart. I could not give this match five stars. And as soon as you see it, you'll understand why, because that match was cruising along to a five-star rating. I think as long as this match is going to be just as good, if not better, they're definitely doing something with the Phoenix Splash, because they've been showing Saya on social media and on YouTube practicing, or uh, practicing the Phoenix Splash in the stardom dojo. So there's obviously something going on there. I don't know if they do anything with the mist with, uh, you know, the little mist things that they're doing. Um, the match doesn't need it. However, as long as they cover it very much like a Keiji Mudo or a Kagetsu used to do where it's not blatantly in front of the ref. Um, clearly, I mean, here's something else to, to throw at you. Um, clearly they're going for this heel thing on club Venus where they're basically all of the mean girls with kind of, well, we don't know what they're doing with Waka. Maybe they do that Waka, but Mina's still kind of pretty much a baby face. Maybe they completely turn Mina heel by using the mist, and that's how she gets the win here. I don't know. I don't want to see a, a cheap finish because Stardom's not like that. It's not, they're not an American-style promotion where they, they go to cheating. Um, however, that would be something that maybe Mina, you know, like she said in that promo, I'm so close to getting what I want, and maybe that's the trigger she has to pull. I don't know. There's so many different underlying factors that can weave in and out of this match that's going to have everybody on the edge of their seat. To give you my pick, sir, again, I don't know, but I'm going to say Sayakamatani retains. I'm going to say Hazuki comes out and challenges Saya in her hometown on the next pay-per-view. So they have that match set up, and I think that's where Hazuki gets the big win and wins the white belt in her hometown um, on the, uh, the 4th of May. And I think that, that that's what you have there. But I would not be shocked at all to see Mina get the win here. Okay. And then the main event, Matt. Julia versus Tam Nakano for the World of Stardom Championship. 
Now, uh, obviously, you've got Julia, who is in the fledgling months of her reign. You've got Tam, who's only ever gone for the Red Belt once in a losing effort to Suri. Um, Tam has got a lot, of, a lot of things going on at the moment, let alone her hatred for Julia. The question is, can she curb all of that to win the championship against a woman who equally hates her? And we've seen the depths that Julia is willing to go to to retain this belt. She's had very savage matches against the likes of Suzu Suzuki and Mai Yukihi. But I don't see Tam winning this. Um, much as, you know, Tam has been beaten black and blue by Julia, she had that huge egg that I'm still not sure I'm over um, on her head as a return from Julia. She ended up being bust open on uh, at the press conference and just lay looking like an absolute mess. Um, in the same way that you said that Mercedes is making Mayu or is dominating Mayu, Julia seems to be dominating Tam. Tam has just lost her faction um, or the incarnation of the faction that she had at that time. But I just do not see Tam dethroning Julia. Like you mentioned about 2024, I can honestly see this being another 400-plus day reign for Julia. Julia is the is the person that Stardom wanted to put the belt on um, before she got injured. And again, I've said this multiple times. I do honestly think had Julia not got injured, she'd have won the five-star that year. Um and they did capture lining in a ball with the Utami Suri match, and we got the fantastic Suri run out of it, so I'm certainly not complaining. Um, but now that Julia has got the belt, now that the crowd is far more accepting of Julia um, as a talent, I, I just don't see them taking it off her here. On the one hand, I love the idea of Julia versus Tam. On the other hand, I would love it to have been slightly longer into julia's reign so it adds that just that note of unpredictability like is tam gonna do it because at the moment with julia this is v3 i just don't see tam doing it what about you um i was kind of figure out how am i gonna approach this when i uh when i give <laughs> this uh preview review prediction the way that this is being built and the way the stardom builds their title matches it's all for Tam to get to overcome the odds and get the big win. Yeah. That's the way it's being built. But ever since Shiri, even going into the five star, I know me and you were texting back and forth. And, and then when you came back to the show, we talked about on the show that clearly they're going to put the belt on Julia and she's going to be a long term champion. And rightfully so. And we're in the era where Sai Kamatani broke the Wonder Reign. Azumi has broke the high speed reign. Julia, I think, is somebody they have pegged to kind of go after EO's V14. And we'll, we'll see where that ends up at the end of this year, beginning of next year. Again, not unless Julia forgets to start wrestling, forgets uh, how great of a wrestler she is and starts just, you know, doing terrible matches and all of a sudden they're not drawing, which I just don't see that happening. Julia is going to have a long, long title run. Mm -hmm. However, can I pick Julia in this match? And if I do, can I walk the Tam Road with a clear and pure heart however <laughs> i have to be a professional and i have to go what i really think is going to happen it's going to be julia julia is going to walk out again if this was a year 14 15 months into the run yeah i would say oh i'm pretty sure tam's winning considering the fact we're just a few months into this run and julia is definitely pegged to be your superstar 
she's going to have a longer run than Utami. I think she's going to have a longer run than Cherry again. I think she's going to be nipping at the V14 of Io Shirai sometime at the beginning of next year. Um, I think this is going to be the best match of the show. Um, it, it could be the Mina, could Saya could be Hashimoto, and Sherry very well could be Mayu and uh, Mayu and Mercedes. But we really know what we're getting here. Each and every one of their matches, Rob, to me, are better. The mm-hmm. final of the uh, when Julia won the white belt was fantastic. Their return match was a little bit better. Their uh, hair versus hair match was better than that. And then the best match they've ever had was the last match they had, the finals of the five star. So they have a lot to overcome. They have a lot to top. I think we're going to see a lot of violence because we've seen some violent female matches in this venue, uh, you know, at, from uh, from the Dream Slam shows. And I think the two of them are looking at that. that they want to harken back some of that AJW stuff, and you're going to see it, especially the way that Julie's been wrestling a lot late in these bigger matches. She basically wrestles like a Kira Hokuto. She really, and they call her on commentary, she really is the dangerous queen. And Tan's not that far behind her. So this is going to be what I love most about wrestling, that all Japan men and women style of the 90s, where it's going to be building, 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 hard-hitting emotion drama. But I think Tam, our Julie's going to get the win. I think she's going to get the win with like an avalanche Northern Lights bomb. Something crazy is going to have to end this match, but uh, end this show. And I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, the way that they built this feud, um, something... It needs to peak with something utterly insane to top the build to it. Um, I don't think you are going to see a lot of Matt wrestling um, at the start of this. But again, stardom have done crazier things. I assume Karen has also gone for Julia. Karen has. And she has a really interesting thing here. Uh, Julia defeats Tam and they build a Tam versus Julia at, at uh, Dream Queendom or whatever they like in December, much like their uh, white belt uh, feud. I mean, again, I wrote that article at the very, you know, a lot of people think this is the end for them. This is the end for them. This is very much Okada Tanahashi where it's like, it's not going to be the end. These two are going to be fighting forever. This might be like the peak, at least for now, until they start running build bigger buildings, which I think stardom will do because I think the promotion just that, that hot is only going to grow. But uh, yeah, this is obviously the biggest match to date between the two, but by no means do I think this is the end. These two are pretty much very much like a Zumi and Starlight Kid, you know, forever rivals. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, uh, 50 minutes, and that is our review of Stardom's biggest show in their history. What do you think of our predictions? I would love to see your predictions uh, for this show, whether you leave them in the comments, whether you talk, whether you tag them, um, whether you put them in the Discord or on Patreon. I would love to see your picks as well. Do you think our picks are stupid? Do you think my picks are stupid? And do you think I'm an idiot for thinking Mercedes Monet is retaining the IWGP Women's Championship? Tell me about it in the comments. Um, but in the meantime, guys, uh, I think it is about time we leave you as we near the three-hour mark. Um, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We massively, massively appreciate it. Um, we are currently on 20 one ratings on apple podcasts apparently you need 28 to get them uh, to get it sort of pinned onto your apple podcast thing so if you haven't already could we ask you as an all-star grand queen de miracle to get a five-star review on apple podcasts we really would appreciate it um if you have liked the podcast please go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we are everywhere you can go and check out the website www.thestardomcast.com 
Dot-com is always being updated with the likes of Matt's articles, all of the podcast archives, all of the championship histories, uh, roster things, all of the things you need to start enjoying stardom, including our cultivated match guide. Thank you to every single one of our patrons. We couldn't do any of this without you. You are absolutely fantastic. Keep an eye out for more information coming about all of the stuff that you can get on our new improved Patreon coming on the 1st of may uh join us next week when we will be reviewing all-star grand queendom and probably going even longer than this episode with karen um that will be dropping usual time thursday for our patrons friday for everybody else if you want to find us on social media at the stardom cast uh, if you want to talk to me on twitter it's at real rob goodwin matt where can they find you and then sign us off good sir Absolutely. Any questions, comments, anything you need from me? Again, the voting for the uh, the Patreon. Um, if you do not want to do it on the Twitter, send me a uh, DM on Twitter or uh, Instagram at uh, oh geez, uh, at Matt Turner OF. And if you want to shoot me an email, the Stardomcast twenty two uh, at gmail dot com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Thanks again, everyone. For uh, we knew this was going to be long. We probably have a longer one coming next week. Uh, We absolutely had a blast doing this. Thanks for hanging in with us. Thanks for all the support. Like I said, any questions, comments, anything that we can do to make this podcast better, let us know. You know how to get a hold of me and one Mr. Rob Goodwin. Like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.